It's crazy because when I was a kid, people called me Jaso Kameso. So, <laughs> you know what? In a, in a world, <laughs> in worlds coming together right now. It's incredible. Jaso Kameso. Money. You know what? You're such an idiot. I'm Lauren Lakeberg, the disc golf photographer, and you're listening to Unstable Discourse. Are those talking frogs? Oh, welcome in to episode two of season two of Unstable Discourse. Yeah. Yeah, boy. Yo. It's the crew. It's me, Alex, of Disc Golf Chicago. It's Ryan Fancher of Unstable Disc Golf Gear. Yes, sir. Sean Callahan of Delwood Disc Golf. You know it. Jason Callahan of Bag of Tricks. You also know it. <laughs> and we have Brandon Wright of Workforce Brewing Company. What, what, what? This is a special episode, guys. We are, for the very first time, not at the world-famous Delwood Disc Golf Shop nope. in Lockport, Illinois. We are actually on-site at the Workforce Brewing Company. Where, how, how, Brandon, how do you describe the area? What is this room or this area that we're in? What is this called? The, this would be the dungeon. We're, uh, in the, we're in the dungeon. Yeah. No, we're, uh, that explains why my ass hurts so much. <laughs> we're just in the back of the production brewery. Uh, we've got a lot of storage back here, kegs, cans, uh, a lot of bourbon barrels behind us. Uh, Many, big walking yeah. cooler. Yeah, we got this is where, uh, you know, part of that production takes place. There are uh, a gang of barrels on racks. It looks super badass. I don't know quite what I'm looking at, but I'm just impressed. Right. Uh, it's important, I think. What do we call these giant uh, drums? Or what, what are these big metal? That's our savings account. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they're bourbon barrels. They're 53-gallon uh, barrels, mainly from uh, Willet Distillery, Buffalo Trace. We've got uh, uh, Weller, uh, which is a Buffalo Trace product. Uh, they're weeded. And, uh, yeah, I think I maybe a few Woodford Reserve in there, too. Damn. Uh, they're all filled with Imperial Stout. There, there's a lot going on here, you guys. Actually, the other cool part of this episode is that we actually have a photographer. The disc golf photographer, Lauren Lakeberg, is here with us getting some photos. Standing eerily directly behind me. Yeah. So. Uh, and so you guys are going to be able to see what is actually happening while we record, which is not something we usually do. No, so right? that's that's super cool. Well, and while we're out and about, we need to record. Normally, it's just when we remember to take photos of each other right. yeah. while we're right. recording. Which happens once every four episodes. Mm-hmm. Correct. Right. Uh, right. But we're also joined by Ryan, not the Kino, but a Kino. A Kino. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Ryan is here getting photo uh, videos while we're while we're doing this. So there, there's going to be a couple things for you guys to check out after this episode. Yes, sir. Thank you to Lauren and thank you to Ryan for helping us make yeah. uh, to document this yeah. experience. Media and everyone has pulled me aside at some point and said, "Oh my God, what about the noise in here? You're going to lose your shit." Can we actually record in there? And I'm totally fine with it. Yeah. Guys, I still I'm fine. can't tell if Ryan's just faking it really right. well or if he's actually cool. I'm faking it until I hear it back. 
in my studio, and yeah. then I will be like, okay, it's great. Or I'll be like, it's stress. Michael, 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 yeah. start over. Well, the handful of edibles you took 30 minutes ago is probably <laughs> right. helping the situation. Yeah. Did you take edibles? Yeah. No. No, you didn't. No, absolutely not. <laughs> no. That is, uh, I, I now everyone some, thinks that he did. Yeah. I, I have some in my backpack to kind of celebrate at the end of the episode. Okay. But I'd rather not do that before <clears throat> we record. Yeah, I did. And now I'm worried that we can't get out because there's a dragon in the way. So. <laughs> <laughs> But continue. We're at the brewery. Ryan's on edibles. It's going to be a good time. No. (laughs) The name of this episode is Work Hard, Play Hard. I think you can figure out where that comes from. We're going to be talking about Brandon's unique journey from uh, being a hardcore disc golfer to being a disc dealer to getting into brewing to becoming sort of an icon in the craft brewing community. We're going to talk about that stuff. And Spoiler uh, alert. Yeah. Disc golfers like beer. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, it's know, weird. I don't Crazy. know where that comes from, but yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. written in the stars. <laughs> you know who I'm automatic? I'm already thinking is going to love this is Noel. Oh, Noel, oh, Noel Meekma is going to. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. we have to make sure that he. He's probably going to be listening to this with a really special glass and some really special beer in he it. He has and, one. The moment he his last putt yeah. hits the basket on 18, he's got a chalice he pulls of beer a chalice yes. out of his pocket. Glass. Yeah. No idea where I it comes from. I feel like from. I'd get along really well with you. Him. Would. Like yeah. 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 You would like Noel quite a bit. Yeah. And he plays in sandals. So Yeah. yeah. And gets You're away always with it. welcome sandals at work Jamaica? for us. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. We love so, you, Noel. <laughs> I know this is an unusual episode, but uh we're not going to change things up too much on you. It all starts with fired up. Fired up. <laughs> I had no idea where it was going. I was like, where are we going? Isn't that where we started Ryan high or are we going to go low? I don't know. Ryan said that that's how you sing all the time. No, just yeah. no. Just falsetto? That's how you whistle. No, there. Oh, yes. Yeah, I whistle in the yeah, same one tone. Yeah. Same note. Yeah. 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 To Mr. Big. Yeah. Yeah. That's a treat. Yeah. I'm the one who wants to be with you. Yeah, that's it. Yep. <laughs> that's how I, wh- but in a whistle. Yeah. It's not how it is. He's full of <laughs> shit. He's on edibles. Don't trust him. Sean, what are you fired up about? So I just got back from what felt like a two-month vacation. It was actually only 12 days down in Phoenix, Arizona, hanging out with a friend of Sheila and I's and going hiking. And then we went to All-Star Weekend, DGPT. And then we drove up to Vegas, and I got to see the Hoover Dam. And we watched damn. all four rounds of Did you LBC. take the damn tour? There was no damn tours, no. but... Please! No one wander off the damn tour. And please take all the damn pictures you want. Now, are there any damn questions? Hoover Dam is way doper than you think it is. If you're going out that way, check it out. So I'm still, like, riding that high, man. Like, it feels way more like spring. When I came home and, like, all this snow was melted, I couldn't believe my eyes. Because when we left... Pleasant surprise. We left on the 19th. When we were driving to Midway, we were going through that Chicago neighborhood. And those poor people, man, it was like... Snow apocalypse, like yeah, no, yeah. fourteen Everywhere, feet of snow on the ground, yeah. twenty foot icicles, like absolutely crazy. Yeah, and then we came home and it was just gone, and I was like, okay, dude, yeah, did you cool. pay okay. to park your car when you went to Midway? We did not. We had a ride up there. Okay, Sheila's parents always, yeah. For the record, if we're friends, you can park at my house. I live like eight minutes. Wait, away are from we Midway. not friends? Oh no, I'm yeah. saying <laughs> all of you. I thought all of a you. real fucking backwards way to say <laughs> that he's not your friend. Yeah. yeah. If you and I decide to become friends one day, Sean, <laughs> yeah, no. if uh, any of you, obviously, but like if, if you and I are pals in real life, you could park in front of my house. I live really close to Midway. Not a problem for me at Shit, all. I should have done Save that. Save you some money. Yeah. I, I mean, I only, it was only three days worth, but I parked there because it's just, it's not convenient unless yeah. you're just parking in the parking garage. 
Like it's right. so easy to do. Yeah. And I feel like it's safe and like not worth the hassle to try and find somebody to give me a ride and like True. So but now that I know, yeah. It's happening. And you can park there and I'll give you a lift there. Oh damn. Yeah. Mm. Yes. That's like a pretty part good. Part two deal. to my fired yeah. up yeah. though. Brian Earhart took top ten at L V C got his USDGC spot. My man. Like best DGPT finish in two years. Incredible. So pumped for him. Uh, it was just amazing so, to watch. My fired up will be piggybacked on his because we're going to talk about this a tiny bit. Yes. Um, not only did he kill it, but he also did commentary for Gatekeeper yes, he did. every day while playing every day. and finished tying for sixth, trying no to figure all of that seventh. out. Tie for seventh. Seventh. And we watched it all happen because he was you know, right. in our Airbnb. And him and his lovely girlfriend, Lindsay, AKA gave us female garb. She's awesome. Wait, female garb, the way she looks or the way she acts? Kind of. I swear to God, they were separated at birth. Kind of both. They almost look like they it's could weird. be. Yeah, you're right. Huh. Yeah. But between Brian and Lindsay, they gave us like. Wait, does one of them have the, half of a medallion and the other one? Have I, the think other so. half Maybe. Like, I think so. Maybe. I think so. It could be. I'm and telling they're on you. a journey. To yeah. I'm telling you, dude. Yeah. We need them to separate. It's a big up. deal. Yeah. But between the two of them, they gave us the straight lowdown on the entire like behind the scenes what happens on the pro tour and who you know who doesn't get along with who and who doesn't get paid and like all of this crazy stuff that that you would never see and ezra aderhold is just waiting on the sidelines going all right you guys could just squabble i'm gonna become the new king yeah Michael and straight kill. Just take second fresh out of the gate correct starting yeah tour man they gave him an rv and it wasn't nearly enough He's we'll is he next from year our like area or no, where is South he? Dakota? South Dakota. Okay. For some reason thought that, but just, just because he dominated Clash, I figured yeah. he was somewhat lower. Right. What no, kind of RV? Like Class A? Like it was. B, like a, like a drive, drive home. It was a motorhome? Yeah. Yeah. Motorhome. Yep. Basically, yeah. I thought you said boner home at first. I did well, as well. But I'm, I'm always sure. thinking people are talking about boners, so <laughs> I just assumed it was. Sure that it was is. my brain. How large was the yeah. boner home? Boner <laughs> home. <laughs> <laughs> you want to come but, back to my boner home? And <laughs> now I do. Yeah. Yeah, now. <laughs> Sorry, I have a cold. I'm trying to say boner home. Boner home. <laughs> boner. But. Th- the only reason that actually Ezra got that motorhome was because, or the RV, whatever you want to call it, boner home, is because Nate Perkins went to bat for him and basically yeah. became his agent and went to Bob Julio and said, hey, give this guy something other than a Prius to live out of while he's right. on tour. Which is a whole nother level of holy shit when it comes to disc golf. Correct. Like, that that position doesn't exist. There aren't professionals representing professionals. Yeah. I mean, there is, but in not the right type. Right. And yeah. so that leads to one player getting $10 million over 10 years and the other dude that just beat him living out of a Prius. So but when you're coming from living out of a Prius, a motorhome is like, yeah, I'll take that. Yeah. <laughs> I'll take the 500 bucks. Ten steps and then ahead. before they can even say that, oh, well, option number two is actually, all right, yeah, we'll go with option number one. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah, you boner. They home. just want everybody to be thankful for what they already have and that's not yeah. the way to do it. So Weird climate in professional disc golf. Yeah, so we got the lowdown on a lot of that. Brian Earhart is making strides to try and improve the entire map as far as pro disc golf and, and how that's all consumed. That dude's so, not done yet. No. That's so, for sure. Brian Earhart is never I'm not I'm fired up impressing. for that. Absolutely. I'm impressed every single thing he does. Correct. I'm like, God damn it, he's done it again. Yeah. Like, mm. We hang out. What I remember most from these trips and caddying for him and you know staying with him, whatever, is the conversations that we have post-round. Like, 
It's not because when you're out on the course, and especially at Wild Horse, yeah. there are three massive 18 temporary 18 hole courses, and every direction that you look is the same looking fairway with the same looking vegetation and just a tiny little basket in the background. And like it's overwhelming. There's too much. There's like almost too much of it. Yeah. yeah. So you can't really absorb it. But then you go back to the house or whatever, talk with them after the round, and that's where you really. You know, the peek behind the curtain is like, it's deep. It's not just like, oh, we hang out with pros. It's, yeah. we are actually watching professional disc golf happen outside of the course. Meaning and they're that kind of giving you that window into how they're dissecting their lives. Whole, yeah. The whole lifestyle. Like, what like, was that one phrase? They live in a van. Yeah. We watched with um, Big Germ. He wasn't shooting very hot and he was upset with himself. And he was telling his girlfriend, like, I have to battle my own ego right now. As yeah. right after he shot, wow, these are real people. Yeah. <laughs> like it yeah. completely it's humanizes them, but yeah. in a really awesome way that yeah. we need to get away from that, I think, in professional sports. Like we put these people on pedestals yeah. and then when they make mistakes and like they're just humans. Totally. From the highest paid professional athletes in traditional sports all the way down to the Brian Earhart's of the world, they're just guys yeah. out there trying to make the best moves they possibly can with what they've got. Yeah. And it's really cool to see that happen in real time. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm always amazed by <clears throat> when they're having an off round and they either are totally holding it together and you're like, man, that's I know that that doesn't just happen. That's a lot of discipline and like <clears throat> training yourself mentally to you know, handle what's happening and yeah. be able to keep playing. Uh, but right. I also see like when it, when players are like losing their shit a little bit, yeah. like, kicking bags or like swearing. I'm, I get it. Like I don't want to see right. it, but it's a a human doing the best they can with right. all this pressure, spectators, yeah. sponsors, like, and the pressure is just going to get bigger. Am I going to so. eat tonight? Yeah. <laughs> Re- I mean, real straight talk. up. Dude. Yeah. Real talk. Straight up. Yeah. Did you guys get to, to spectate? I mean, was that, well, that was the other half a great of my story. fired up. Oh, go for it. No, yeah. but we were told specifically do not spectate. Yeah. Right. We'll see you off the premises. Uh, so we talked off, about this in episode right? one. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. It sucks. And Sean found a loophole or somebody told Sean and Sean found a loophole that, Every pro disc golfer was able to have a support person, a support fin- member. Finwall. Shout out to Finwall. Finwall figured oh. it out. Thank God. So each one of us found Dad a pro. And so we had we all the homies out there. Crew. Gavin was out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shout out to Ian Burchett, obviously. Schlitter. Dan Schlitter, Finwall. Yeah. And we Dan hit them all up. Schlitter. Yeah. And so they all added us as huh. support members. And so with that badge, once we got there, nobody gave a shit. Yeah. We could just go wherever we wanted. That's great. And yeah. with the badge, once in a while, they'd be like, hey, you guys have support badges, right? Yeah, just okay. flash the badge. Don't you guys care. Beat the system. Yeah, yeah, we did. So take note. Yeah, listeners. Yeah. As a this TD, it was almost like, oh man, this is like against the code. But sorry, Jeff Jackhart, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we found a yeah. hole in your system. And really, you know what? Like, and he knew too. Really like nice yeah. they knew. Like because there was a lot of people you could tell. It's optics. They're right? held We're to a different standard. And uh, right, yeah, I absolutely, it. I get it. Yeah, and and Vegas is in phase one or whatever. So like, legitimately. They had to. Yeah. Like more than what we're used to at home. Yeah. In different situations. Did you situations. get out and do any gambling? No. no I mean, we walked I through because Sean had never seen the strip. There was quite a bit to, for him to see. Even with the, you know, there's about half the people that I had ever seen. Normally, it's assholes to armpits there, but um, it wasn't that bad. Still a lot of people, but um, we went through, you know, like Bellagio and all these, you know, like. That was wild. Uh, yeah. That was a just an, like, uh, a never-ending mall. That's what it felt like to me. Just never ending mall with like the occasional room that's just full of slots. Anywhere else but Vegas that would make me want to off myself. Yeah. Yeah. I went to the mall this weekend and that's when I posted my, you probably saw on on Facebook, Uh Thanos did nothing wrong. Right. right? (laughs) Yeah. I went to the mall and I just saw all the people slow walking. 
on the wrong side. Like, come mall, on. Mall you, etiquette, you, bro. You walk mall on etiquette. the right. Yeah. Right? It's only been it's a like year. It's like cars. Yeah. yeah. Right. But, I, uh, yeah, I just came away from the mall, yeah. like, not going in a mall again for the rest of the year. You know, all that I stuff. We didn't gamble. We didn't. Yeah, we didn't stop. But, <laughs> oh, yeah. You, I'm coming back to that shit. Okay. But yeah, it was it was badass. I got to watch two full rounds of disc golf. We followed Dan Schlitter, and then we followed Brian Earhart on his third round. I had to leave on Sunday, but they followed him yeah. through the through the end. But, I gotta go. Yeah, I gotta go. Um, <laughs> it was my wife's birthday. So, it was. Mm. I really like once Dude, I she realized has one every year. What's the right? she does? Yeah, she's but a uh, no, it was a great time. So that really that's was. also my fired up. Where we're yes. Yeah. Cool. We're sharing. Longest fired up ever. Yeah. Ever. Right? Yeah. I'll cut it down. 45 minutes. We won't even easy. keep any of it. It was just, we're not keeping I, I it. I didn't anymore. want to cut you off. It was just good. There stuff. was so yeah. much for us to be fired up yeah. about. Yes. Jason, right. to be fair. Yeah. Bring yeah. us back to reality. What are you fired up about? Uh, we are recording this on Thursday, March 4th. Yep. And tomorrow, Friday, March 5th, is the final episode of season one of WandaVision. <gasps> and I am yeah. freaking the Michael out about. <laughs> <laughs> where WandaVision is headed. Cool. Okay, Brandon, what's okay. your fire? Do not ruin this for me because I have not watched. I think there were two episodes that happened while I was gone and I have yeah. not seen them yet. My God. I thought yeah. Cobra yeah, Kai I left was the Friday, best yes. written show I had ever experienced. And okay. then I started watching uh, WandaVision. We have, no. Jason. I've already got beef. See, we both got beef already. <laughs> Listen, I love this about you, but we, we need to draw. We need to talk about this. <laughs> I don't know if I can finish this podcast, guys. <laughs> yeah, see? Yeah, see ya. <laughs> I, I thought love, it was like a I quick thing, man. In 45 I, minutes, all I in wanted right to now. ever do with this podcast is drive a guest away. <laughs> so now that I have, yeah. I think I'm just going to leave. I can see I'm him shutting the lights off right <laughs> yeah. now. All right, you guys are good, right? Uh, somebody who gets really excited about things is better than someone who shits on everything. Everything, mm, yeah, for sure. Right. So I, got I love it. that about you. Yeah, but every show that you are watching is. The best show of all time. Right. Because I don't watch a ton of shows. Like, the content available in 2021 is sickening. It's overwhelming. It's It's beyond overwhelming. overwhelming. It's too much. Nobody can have a full-time job and be a parent and have a life and also watch the amount of content that's available. Correct. So I purposely trim it down to the, the content that I feel is worthy of my time. Yeah, and shows like Cobra Kai and WandaVision <laughs> are worthy of my time. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. They're great. But you were just about to say something about it being the best show of all time. I'm I like, truly feel it is. Dude, come no, on. It's all about if it can get me up off the couch and screaming at the TV. I'm a grown <laughs> ass man. I don't do that. He is an ass man. But when something happens where <laughs> I, I literally man. have to leave the couch and scream at the TV, I know it's good writing. It's no, it's Cobra great. Kai's done it. WandaVision has no. done it. I love I am, it. I love but what the, uh, it was like 14 minutes ago. You were saying that the Mandalorian was the best show of all time. It was prior to <laughs> <laughs> they just keep upping the ante. Right. You, oh, you man. The right. There's like, I am yeah. three yeah. episodes away from the end of the third season of Cobra Kai. Uh-huh. I, I could not watch the last three and I'd be fine. Yeah. It's entertaining, and I, I love that it's all tied together. They've got to be running eh, out of juice, The content's right? just not that no, good. No, it's not good. It's it, not good. I it's don't real, think that they're aiming for super good it's content. So I think that good. they're just they're aiming for 80s cheesy. They want that, that nostalgic feeling. And that's good. I just don't put it in that class A. Yeah. You know. it, all I want is for you to acknowledge it's a great show without saying it's the best show <laughs> of all time. Just one show. <laughs> Those last couple episodes... When they were over, I looked at Sheila and was like, can I join a karate class? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm, Is I'm that okay? You. I mean, it, I'll start at the bottom. 
it started from the bottom. It invokes and I'm something in me that has not been invoked prior. Right. And I love shows like I thought Friends was the best show. I think Office is one of the best shows. Yeah. But those shows didn't invoke in me what shows like Mandalorian, Cobra Kai, WandaVision are doing. Don't let me knock you too much. Like I said, I respect that you get excited about things rather than wait. me. I tend to shit on more things than I probably should. So right. there's a 10 year age difference between you and I as well. Is there? Yeah. No. Yeah. How old are you? 32? I'm 42. Are you? Yeah. I turned 42 in Damn. just a couple of months. There's a 10 year. I, and I think that comes he from. He thought it was 20 years. Alex yeah. is like, you're. No, no. I thought, I thought, I thought Ryan was the oldest. No. He's got no, me by a I, year. Yeah. Ryan yeah. is the brother that would have been in between, in between Jason and I. Us, yeah. Almost yeah. literally to a T. You feel pretty confident yeah. you're going to make it through the rest of the season? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I do have to check all my pill prescription and everything okay. that keeps me alive day to yeah. day. But yeah, I should be good to go. Please do. All right. WandaVision. June 16th. I agree. It's yeah. dope. Moving on. <laughs> uh, Brandon, what are you fired up? Mike, you Alex. <laughs> Disney Plus. <laughs> Uh, what am I fired up about? That it's March 3rd and yesterday, fourth. or 4th, whatever it is. It's um, March, yeah. One of those days. Tomorrow is the finale of one. Sure. All right. I'm fired up. I went bass fishing yesterday. Oh, hell on, yeah. On Braidwood Lake in a boat, and it was like 60 degrees out. That's something I, I'm fired up about. Huh. You just got a bunch of listeners fired up, too. I know disc golf and right. fishing. Yeah. Yeah. So like, I, I've had a question that nuts. I wanted to ask you that is perfect timing for this, but... What do you think the worst possible thing to do would be in the wintertime, and why is it ice fishing? <laughs> now I really am going to leave this podcast. <laughs> the whole reason I why ice fishing I know, five days ago. I know. couldn't do episode one I know. was because That's he why was I wanted ice to give him shit yeah. for it. Yeah, uh, I love ice fishing. There's nothing better than uh, sitting on a lake, like in solitude, staring at a Please hole. Please tell me you had like something. <laughs> <Staring there, right? laughs> That's what she said. Now you've got Jason's attention. Yeah, yeah right. exactly. Wait, what? The tiny fishing pole. How wet was the hole? Yeah. It's, it's icy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So did you have an, an enclosure of some kind? Yeah, I got. I we have a couple different shacks that we use okay. depending on the conditions. All right, that's acceptable. Yeah. Yeah. We just actually, a buddy of mine and I uh, actually owns a uh, balance agility board. Uh, can I do a plug, a shameless plug? Oh, please. Whirlyboard.com. He's going to freak out. It's actually really freaking cool. Helps maintain your balance. But him and I... So he's an inventor. He's always coming up with some crazy new widget thing. Okay. Came up with this whirly board. It's become really successful for him. So this year, he's a big ice fisher buddy of mine. Bummer. Okay. We uh, <laughs> we we bought a permanent shanty. We spent oh, yeah. five hundred bucks and Whoa. bought a wood sided with a wood burning stove shanty. Needed a little TLC. So this winter we worked on it, never got it on the ice oh. until today. <clears throat> I'm not there, Eric, and he pulled it out on the lake, but for good uh, reason. Yeah, I mean, he wrapped the whole to be thing used with Whirlyboard Workforce. It is the uh, it is the hub of northern Wisconsin for ingenuity between our brewery and his Whirlyboard company. It's, awesome. it's Hell a think yes. tank. All we're gonna do is we'll have to get to you. Have to send us photos, please. We use that it's term. Incredible. Yeah, think tank. Yeah, yeah, we're going to need yeah. photos of that for when yes. we post all. Absolutely. You know, with each episode, we post an album of like the things we talked about. So we're going to need a photo. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. he worked really hard on it while I was gone because he lives up there yeah. in northern Wisconsin. So I got up there a couple weeks uh, this, this winter, and it's 2021, winter of 2021 uh, in December. That thing is going to be rocking out on the ice. So, yes, okay. we have a really nice hut. Touche. Sick. Yeah, Badass. that's kind of cool. It's not actually. even a hut. Yeah. It's a house. It's a, it's yeah. a nice house. Hell a wood yeah. burning stove in the shanty. You know what? Yes. You should call. You should brew a beer and call it Ice House. 
Nah. You know what? <laughs> Let me talk. Let's not talk to my lawyer about that. <laughs> what are you waiting for? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, that's awesome. And that is the maybe the most unique fired up we've had yet on the show. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm real fired up over it. Yeah. Yes. Real. So this, uh, well, wait, how'd you do? Caught only a few fish, but. Okay. It's not care. about the catching. It's about staring at the hole. Yeah. It's like well, right. I'm in a t-shirt. Right. Well, uh, ice fishing. But yesterday, or uh, yeah, yesterday, I mean, I'm in a t-shirt on Braidwood Lake fishing. Sure. Yeah. It was awesome. Hell yeah. <laughs> so uh, this was due to Ryan and Sean, the longest fired up ever. So I'm going to go quick with mine. Okay. I just watched the Notorious B.I.G. documentary on Netflix. Indeed. If you like rap, watch it. It's the best documentary of all time. <clears throat> and if you don't know, now, you, now know. you know. Now you know. By the way, I was only I only said that to make fun of Jason. It's a it's a great documentary. <laughs> It's it's definitely not the best of all time. But <laughs> in the whole world, it's great. It's the best whole ever. time, I'll be listening to uh, Biggie for. Pr- I'm going to be on a, a Biggie kick for like a mm-hmm. week, probably. Uh, I, I watched it morning. while I was on the trip. It, it's sick. He, he's oh, you wearing the, the documentary too. He's wearing the so hat good. just right. He's got the jacket. So give me my jacket, please. Speaking so. of music documentaries, I heard that there is a music documentary about uh, Billie Eilish that is like. Oh, I can't incredible. wait for it to come out. Yeah, I don't think it's out yet. Uh, Maybe I heard about Coming it on a podcast, soon? but I don't know if they had like early access to it or not. But mm, uh, it got me super. Did excited you see the preview for it? Uh, uh-uh. check it out. Give me chills. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can't, I, I cool. do love music documentaries. <clears throat> I'm gonna check out the Biggie one, but I'm very excited about this Billie Eilish one as well. Maybe one day there will be a documentary about this about thing this, we're doing yeah. right here. Mm. Mm. Whoa. Mm. It's probably Whoa. gonna be the best ever. Yeah. <laughs> best documentary of all time. Of all time. As long Dude. as Disney Plus. Dude. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, yeah. It'll, it'll win Jason's approval. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys, let's move it along. It's time for the Cala Hallander Rundown. Brought to you by Discgolfscene.com. Come on, Pete. Come on, Pete. All right, guys, like I mentioned in episode one, we're gonna keep it short and sweet. This is the Cala Hallander Spring Edition 2.0. Fraction Run Cup 3 at Delwood went live a while back. It's on March 20th, a couple weekends from now. There are still a few spots, I believe. Get on discgolfscene.com. Go check it out. Get signed up. The Dog Bowl, which was supposed to be this Saturday, March 6th, got moved to Saturday, March 27th, out at Old Oak Ball Golf Course in Homer Glen. There are definitely spots for that because that was an overlap with another event. People have been backing out left and right, so go check that out on com and get signed up. Mm-hmm. Old Oak Spring warm-up to the next day, March 28th, also has spots. That's a doubles event that we're doing out on the same track, so go check that out. Clay Track Classic 3 at Trinity Goes Live on 319. That's pretty soon. I better get building that uh, page. Yeah. Yeah, on discgolfscene.com. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's another Want one, Pete? Pete. That's like four now. That event is on April 17th and 18th. <laughs> Workforce Brewing Open 3. Ever heard of it? Ever heard of them, bro? That is at uh, Homer Glen. That goes live on April 30th. That's a Friday night at 7 p.m. That baby's going to fill up. And the event is on May 29th and 30th. Last but not least, Clash of the Canyons 5 Am Weekend. Dude. That is going to be going live. That's going to set records. Friday, March 27th at 7 p.m. sharp on discgolfscene.com. The event is on June 19th and 20th, and that is your Kala Hallander rundown, boy. You totally redeemed yourself with the fastest Kala Hallander rundown we've ever had. Got it wrapped up tight. Yep. Mm. Come on, Pete. All right, here we go. Uh, Time for the local route. 
I think you got, if you listened to the last episode, you know that I'm now mostly using my local route shout outs to highlight people doing great things in other local communities. Right. Not, I mean, I have all the love for you guys, but Levon um, Wolf, shout out. So I'll, I'm going to, again, save mine till the end. Let's first, let's start with Jason. Jason, yes. you did something awesome for a local route this week. I did. Yes. Tell us what you did. Yeah. So I took your concept of, of traveling out into the Facebook world to try to get a hold of other people. Mm-hmm. And I created an Instagram post, which, by the way, our Instagram is up to 600 followers as yes. of today. Boo- Pretty exciting Congrats. stuff. Booyah. Uh, yep. Very excited about that. So I used Instagram and I created a post. I said, look, guys, I'm like scene adjacent, you know, like I'm just in the scene, but I'm also not in the scene. Yeah. So I was like, guys, help me. Talk to me about people right. doing great stuff within the community. And I created a post on Instagram, got a ton of feedback. So I am going to shout somebody out. I love uh, it. I'm going to shout out the other Nora. Her again? What's going on here? Uh-huh. And Brent uh, that are part of at uh, Dixon Disc Golf. They're doing mm-hmm. uh, big things out there in Dixon, Illinois. What are they doing? Great question, Alex. <laughs> Let me answer this Jason, for you. what are they doing? The message that I got from them is the whole Dixon Disc Golf crew has done so much to grow the sport here locally. They've installed their first nine hole in 2018 at Lowell Park, then just installed another nine hole this past October at Page Park. Uh, They just hosted, a, ironically, a Veterans for Vets tourney the Mm -hmm. past weekend with 96 players that showed up, which I thought you at didn't beat Danielle Brogy. Yeah, right. <laughs> she had so, 147, boy. At first, I Step thought I was being messaged by those same people. Then I was yeah. like, oh, wait, no, there's somebody else doing great yeah. things for yeah. bets. Very similar situations. And which I thought was and absolutely both. fantastic. 96 great. players showed up. They raised over $1,500 for the local vets. I'm sorry, to send their local vets, rather, to D.C. to the Vet Memorial. Whoa. They cool. plan to host a doubles match play tournament in the next couple months followed by a Dynamic Disc-sponsored tournament on July 17th and 18th. And on top of that, they run Monday Night Doubles League there in town starting in May and plan to start an after-school club for the local kids around there as well. Good and for God. them, 2021 is going to be fire, and I wholeheartedly agree. That is fantastic things that they're yeah, doing out there. That's you huge. would absolutely love them. Yeah. You need to meet them soon. Yeah. I Just in that one exchange... I, I was like, oh, these are good people. I could just when I, The first time I met yeah. Nora, I was, she is hysterical. Like, she's super fun, super sassy, great personality. Super pumped up about disc golf. And yeah, like, that's mm-hmm. awesome. And then later met her boyfriend, Brent, or now fiance, Brent. Fiance. Ooh, yeah. Fiance, Brent. Congrats. And uh, both incredibly awesome people. Very cool. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Hey, who do you think would win in a fight, by the way? Your Nora or this Nora? Ooh. Mm. Like a sass fight or a physical fight? A sass fight? She's going down. If we gave them both a knife, who would win? Oh, probably the older Nora. But if you had a, like, a a staring down menacingly contest, (laughs) my daughter Nora would (laughs) champion of the world. She'd be the best ever. If you had a finger painting contest? Yeah. Uh (laughs) She's like like a female Chucky. She's like a little Chucky. No, Nora also, painter, I believe... Uh, her f- maybe her father's company. I'm not 100, percent but she does murals. Her and her dad do murals all over, like sides of brick buildings. Her dad's and, like, right there. Why are you inside? No, the oh, other, no, the other, other Nora. Excuse okay, me, sorry, I should have specified. Uh, they do all kinds of like no cool kidding. art shit too. I mean, really cool. wait for us. To My Nora and I do, do murals cool like on the bathtub. Not like, the same. Not the, as okay. Cool. Sorry, <laughs> on the walls. No. Cuter. Okay, yeah. I'll give you cuter. Okay, sorry, dog. Sure. Uh, scene. Scene. My local route shout out 
is to the homie Zach Finwall. Hell yeah. Did I steal it? You stole it. You gotta be quicker than that. You stole it. I've known Zach for a little while now. He's on Team DDG, but this is the first time I've been able to spend more personal time with him and, uh, you know, have some meals together. We didn't do like the whole Vegas thing, but like hanging out at the house was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if we didn't specify, it was me and Sheila and Ryan and Nikki and Finwall and Dan Schlitter and Brian <sighs> and Lindsay were in the, you know, their van in the driveway, but they were coming in every morning. So mm-hmm. every awesome. morning was like coffee and bullshit and it was super sick. So, coffee yeah. Coffee uh, and bullshit. Right? And coffee, coffee and bullshit. bullshit. Uh, so a couple of what things crew, I, I wanted to, wow. once I, I realized that I wanted to shout out Zach Finwall, uh, we just had a great time together. He's a super appreciative and just awesome dude. Uh, so 2021, let's load on on Zach Finwall, the homie. 2021 is his second year as a full-time <laughs> pro. Uh, 2020, he played 35 events and took home over $3,000 in winnings. Like, wow. if you're on that cusp of like, I feel like I'm good enough. Like, he's just a dude that I, I just, he's diving in. Like, he's talking to Jeff Lotion right now about possibly purchasing his RV to take out on tour. Like, um, I like hungry people like that. And what he is displaying right now is just like he's getting after it. And yeah, you, I got nothing but respect for that. Two wins and 10 other top five finishes in 2020. Uh, the ninth highest earnings in the state of Illinois with a 972 rating. In, no kidding. After playing mostly local in 2020, with a few exceptions, uh, he's branching out and touring and played Vegas. Obviously, we, he was with us and is signed up for the Memorial, which is happening right now. Right now. I wish I had a lowdown on his score from round one. Throw it on the mountain out in Florida. He's signed up for Clash. Northwoods, he got into that. And an event called Lake Superior Open. Uh, and I'm sure he'll be at all the Greater Joliet Tour Series events as well. Mm-hmm. So, you know, even though out in Vegas he didn't get above that cash line, I spectate him, or I was his support staff, rather. Excuse yeah. me, Jeff Jackhart. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> being able to really witness that firsthand was just, it was awesome. He's got the fire. He's got what it takes. And I don't think, you know, people are quick to think that, like, when it doesn't happen that first time or it doesn't happen that first season and things don't click, like, it's easy to give up because yeah. people are questioning why you're doing it in the first place. And like, it takes a little bit of time. You look at a guy like Brian Earhart, who's been full-time touring since 2018, has only had a handful of highlights and that's just golf. Like that's just how it is. And mm-hmm. and I think Zach is a guy that can, you know, excel in that field. And it's, it's going to be exciting to watch his full commitment. Dude, it does. It won't happen unless you are fully committed. You just got to dive into the deep end and yeah. learn how to swim. And he's Ooh, doing that. Yeah. He shot a thousand rated round today. My boy. Five down. He is 44th, so he's above half. So he's just got to keep playing his game, and he'll hit right? the line. So. And that's one of today's Thursday, so they're playing four rounds, I'm sure. Probably uh, Vista Fountain, Vista Fountain. It's uh, three rounds and then finals. So There you go. Hell yeah, boy. Mm-hmm. 28 points above his rating. Yep. Is it possible that there's anyone else in America with more Raptor aces than Zach Van Wall? <laughs> that's the thing, too. He goes so deep in the collector hustle, and, like, he's the first dude in line when I do all these, like, crazy releases, and, yeah. like, he's about it. Yeah. He's about it. He's all about it. Yeah. So and, and he's as chill as they come, just like yeah. and mm-hmm. super genuine. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Can't say enough positive about him. Uh, Ryan, are you ready yet? No, he stole it. That oh, was going to be mine. Like, okay. I'll, I'm going to piggyback works. off again. Um, Do it. Both him and Schlitter were just the coolest possible crowd. Schlitter wasn't feeling well on one of the days. Uh, he still went out and played a great game. We followed him for a full round. He right. is definitely the guy that you want on your card. 
Yeah. He's incredibly intelligent about the game. He's incredibly like oh, encouraging. Intimidatingly intelligent yeah. about the like, game. But so encouraging. Like nobody had a bad shot in his eyes. He was always like Are you talking right. about Dan or, or Zach right now? Dan. He had all the right things to say to all the players. You could see even though he was struggling a little bit, he was still having a great time and it was it was just so fun to watch dudes that we know and we hang out with in that environment, environment yeah. and just thriving. When I first started doing events with Disc Golf Chicago, I heard from no fewer than 10 people that I needed to know Dan Schlitter. You just got to know him. He's the yeah. coolest. He, you know, he's so supportive. He will do whatever he, he can to help you. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's just like somebody that so many people look up to. Also past guest of the show. And Indeed. First, first guest. First guest. First guest. What was his position on the hot dog? Is it? A, he says the hot dog is not a sandwich. It's not. Which is the, so. that's one big knock against him right. in my book. But otherwise, everything's great. Everything's great. Oh. Yeah. So let's move it along. <laughs> 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 All right. So we've done uh, Ryan, Sean, Jason. Yeah. Do you have somebody you want to shout out, Brandon? Uh, yeah. Not disc golf related. But uh, cool. yeah. my buddy, Joel Frieders, uh, he is a actually an alderman in Yorkville for like 45 more days or something like that. Huh. He's ending his political career, which he did, I think, more as a joke anyway. In one. <laughs> Sick. But, uh, Sick. but he <laughs> works for Hope for the Day, which uh, has a lot of mental health awareness. And uh, he yes. is running a new program called The Things You Don't Say. And uh, especially in the service industry, the beer industry, the restaurant industry, there's a lot of mental health issues. So I really got to do a big shout out to him. He's really taking this by the horns and uh, run with it. He's he's the shit. Is Dude, all I can say. Freaking so. love that. That is at the root of so many big problems in this country. I don't know if it's like this around the world. I don't travel enough to know, but right. in America, the mental health problem is so out of control. I feel like it's just an American dumb bullshit thing that's been passed on from gender. It's funny. I was just having this conversation with our brother Nick this morning, who has been struggling with what we have come to realize as panic attacks. Right. Hmm. So ever since he was in the service, he got out of the service a couple of years back. Uh, he's been taking a form of Adderall mm. to some milligram percentage uh, for like six years. And then he just was like, I'm done with this. Cut it off cold turkey. And that's when all these, you know, he was like, dude, he would call me and just be like, dude, I'm freaking out. And I'm like, Nick, it sounds like, you know, you're having a panic attack, man. Like, this is a whole new thing. We need, you know. Yeah approach it from a different angle because it's it's got more to do with men's health and you're not yeah. you're not a pussy. Yeah. It's okay that this is happening to yeah. you. Right. And you can talk about your emotions and you can tell me what's going on. Yep. Uh, he has since gone to his physician and he got his prescription for uh, a lower dosage, like a five milligram, like a uh, slow release Adderall. Because he like the, his doctor was like, hey, dumbass. Like you can't just be, you know, acting like our dads would be and be like, oh, stop taking that shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like there's a whole nother awareness of your health and it yeah. is is not just going, hey man, how you feeling? It's also understanding that like doctor's visits are a real thing, guys, and yeah. it's okay and you can just call your doctor and be clueless and figure it out, but mm-hmm. like go see a professional. Don't Dude. just make your own decisions and go cold turkey on medications you've been taking for six years because that's ridiculous yeah. and there's a yeah. reason why you need to wean yourself off. Yeah. So yeah, it's. I, I think it's so crazy real, man. how so many people will live every day with challenges like that and not be aware that it's not normal. Not be aware that like, man, you've just been like white knuckling it this whole time. All you mm-hmm. need is is to you know be able to talk about it a little bit and get a little bit of support. And the way you feel every day can be completely different. You know, every day doesn't have to be such a challenge. The key is communication, right? So yeah. like in a relationship, communication. As a business owner, communicating with my employees, you know. But parents and anyone you care about, and I think people with all these mental health issues, 
which I think everyone has some to some degree. It's a spectrum, right? right? Yeah. Sure. But the key is to be able to communicate to others what you're going through to just have somebody to talk to. You yeah. Know, you're not don't yeah. have to look for an answer. You just have yeah. to sometimes have a sounding board. And I think the American yeah. aspect of that is exactly what Nick is going through. Like, tell somebody about it. Like, yeah. you don't have to struggle with it internally because. What are you afraid yeah. of? What it, yeah. what are we all afraid of? Why just, do, just the stigma? Yeah. And it's, Why is it so it, tough? We're just to now understanding right. Right. how negative that stigma yeah. is. It's yeah. funny how yeah. so many people, when you ask them like, "How's it going?" before they ever think about how they're really doing, everyone thinks, "How can I sound like I'm doing as good as possible?" Yeah. 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 Right. Yeah. Rather right. than actually acknowledging like it's kind of been shitty lately. Yeah. Yeah. Like nobody does that. The reciprocal end of that is when somebody says, oh, I'm not doing so well, your immediate reaction is like, here we go. Yeah, like, yeah. you know, like, so both sides need to your be untrained. Is, what's wrong? And yeah. then that's the negative stigma. Things right. aren't going good. Well, what's wrong? And then all of a sudden it's negative because you've yeah. now associated right. it with the word wrong. Yeah. It's not wrong. Right, it's right, just right. life. Yeah, like, there's yeah, so yeah, many yeah. aspects. If we say what's going on, now we're having a completely different conversation. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Right. And we And we aren't having – uh, we're starting to have those conversations. Yeah. I think America is kind of unique in that we don't have nearly the same sense of community that a lot of other countries have, especially smaller countries where – there's not these huge geographical distances between where people live and the right. values they all have. Like I think America's really individualized. There's not a, a huge sense of community. Right. You can go to a different part of Illinois and people see things completely differently. Sure. So I think there's a certain lack of, uh, you know, community. I think there's a certain lack. Of, uh, there's also, right. I think we're overstimulated in the in the U.S. especially. Um, right. There's not enough time that people just kind of hang out with their family and their friends and, and just eat like, food and talk together and, and like turn, appreciate like, turn time. everything yeah. off and just yeah. hang out and be with yep. each other. America is um, one big giant game of King of the Hill fourth when pressure. like fourth grade. <laughs> uh, that's an awesome oh, show. Man. Check out again Joel Joel Frieder's Hope for the Day. Uh, if you need need somebody to talk to, reach out to those guys. That's Easy incredible. To get a hold of yeah. on Instagram, social Beautiful. media, Facebook, whatever. Awesome. Hell yeah. Yeah, guys, please reach out to people if you need it. All right, so I wanted to shout out somebody from the Michigan, the state of Michigan. I'm not quite sure geographically because I'm terrible with it. But Point on your hand. It's the one that's shaped like a mitten. It's the one that's shaped like a mitten, yeah. I think it's southwest. Where Where is Flip City? Is it southwest Michigan? Flip City is, she- It's I in believe, Shelby, Michigan. Yes, it's like close to the... Lawrence guy. Yeah. It's yes. on the bottom yes. left part pinky of knuckle. your hand. Yeah. Yeah. Just below the pinky knuckle. Uh, anyways... <laughs> Bill McKenzie. If you have ever been to Flip City, you probably know who Bill McKenzie is. I wanted to talk. I want to shout out Bill because he has achieved something so amazing in disc golf. I, I have not heard of anything else like this yet in disc golf. I'm sure there. I'm sure it's out there, but I just haven't heard of it yet. Basically, Bill designed a course that's known as Flip City. If you've been there, you know why it's special. If you haven't, you probably heard about it already. <laughs> right. Look it up. This is basically a private course that that Bill designed on his property. It's got the same kind of magic as Delwood, like something special about this place. Definitely. I I, I don't know really enough about it to tell the whole story, but it's like the disc golf version of Field of Dreams. This is a labor of love. It's his passion. It's the most special feeling place I've ever been as far as disc golf goes. There's all these like rocks that are stacked like Zen like um, like Zen gardens really and like all throughout the course like people will just like r- random parts of the course they'll sit there and stack rocks. That's kind of cool. Yeah, like, I can get behind that. Definitely. From, from awesome. it's definitely its own vibe, dude. Its own very particular vibe. 
and he has camping available on site. So yep. number six now in the world. Is it? Beating us by two. Yep. Yeah. Number six in the world. So like not only has it got this really special vibe and there's camping, you know, it's it's an amazingly designed course. Very challenging and very fun. There's there's a, a range of different challenges. And at the top of all this is Bill, who's just like salt of the earth people. He allowed uh, Disc Golf Chicago to come up there for a road trip and camp out and host a tournament. And at the end of the day, he came out and sat around the campfire with us and drank and told stories. Oh, that's cool. Um, and just like really completed the experience. Yeah. If you haven't been to Flip City, check it out. It is like a, I guess, a disc golf mecca kind of. Yeah, yeah, and, no uh, doubt. Bill will welcome you with open arms. Yeah. But yeah. yes, we were there. We went there. We it did. And we've like only, summer, I've only been there one time. Yeah, and it was, it was hard to explain because we had such. Uh, an expectation and it was different for me than I had expected, but still like kind of awe inspiring. And so I would like to go back there again now knowing what to expect right. and play that and be like, Oh, I remember this now instead of looking for everything. Yes. That's always the correct. Worst. Yeah. yeah. So now, now that I know going back there would be amazing. And every year I think I'm going to go back. It's, it's always hard to find the time. It's, it's about four or five hours from here, but even if you didn't disc golf, you can go up there and just enjoy it, man. It's like, you talk about turning your brain off and just kind of chilling. The like, road to Flip City, that little side road with all the potholes. Yeah. Holy cow. Yeah. Bill. You know you're out there when you're out there. Yeah. <laughs> Bill. Yeah. Shout out to Bill McKenzie, uh, the, 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 the designer of Flip City. It's a special place. And uh, disc golf as a sport is lucky to have this. So thank you, Bill. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Mm-hmm. All right. So it's about time we get to the meat and potatoes of this episode, if you will. The uh, Thelma, peanut butter and jelly. The Thelma and Louise. The Thelma and Louise. Thelma and the Louise. Tom and Jerry. Tom and Jerry. Tom and Jerry. Tom and Jerry. The uh, macaroni and, and cheese. <laughs> All right. That's enough of that. Uh, <laughs> before we get to that stuff, though, let's give a quick shout out to our sponsor for the season. Uh, one of many sponsors, actually. Uh, AO, the mortgage pro. He is a disc golfer who can help you with a uh, mortgage loan on your first home or refinancing. He is uh, a close friend of, of mine, and I think everybody here knows him. I have never bought a home before, and uh, I was excited to find out you know a friend could help me with this. So I reached out to him to get pre-approved, which I didn't even know what that meant, but I asked him, and he, within 15 minutes, had me pre-approved with the letter in my email, and now I went from having no idea how to start with buying a home to, okay, now I know what I can afford and I know what my options are. Uh, And it really helped the process along. He also helped uh, another disc golfer in the scene, uh, Tristan Rogers. If you guys know him, you can ask him about his experience. He actually went beyond pre-approval and and actually, you know, refinanced his house. So now he's got uh, uh, more room in his budget for uh, tournaments, more room in his budget for uh, beer, discs, (laughs) whatever. Uh, so if you if you dream of living near a disc golf course, you know it's time to start looking. If right. you want to free up some room in your budget, uh, look into refinancing. Sure. And Ao the Mortgage Pro, that's Andy O'Day. He is as cool as they come, and he is happy to meet you on the course to talk uh, about what you want to achieve. Confirmed. Boom. Amen. So thank you to Andy, and you can find him on all the social media platforms at Ao the Mortgage Pro TikTok. Instagram, Facebook, probably on MySpace. I love He's that he MySpace. is on TikTok. He, I was yeah. just going to say Bridge Broker on TikTok. I love yeah. it. All right. Get no. after that he paper, is, boy. He's just down to earth, man. I mean, he's a smart professional guy, but he's also like, you could just drink beers with him and just hang out. Speaking of men's health, it's okay to go to a professional mortgage person and say, 
I don't know what I'm doing. Help me, help me with this. Please. That's what they do. <laughs> That's what they do. <laughs> there are professionals out there <laughs> that have answers to yeah. all of your inquiries, boys yeah. and girls. Uh, and, and it doesn't have to be some big, long, drawn-out thing. Just be, And he'll spend time with you, free consultation. Hey, uh, I'm thinking about getting a house or I'm thinking about refinancing. And he'll just make it really easy for you. So it is time for Work Hard, Play Hard. Yeah. Brandon Wright. Also, I've heard Sean call you Brando before. Is that just a Sean thing or do people no. call you Brando? No, that's a thing. Which do you prefer? Doesn't matter. Uh, but my whole life, I've always, I don't even know who started that. Maybe my parents or friends in high school, grade school. But yeah, everyone's always just called me Brando. I don't know why. Because it's not shorter. No. No. Well, it's just technically, cooler. Actually, technically, like, it is shorter. It's like I would go letter brand shorter. or like letter, B or like. Yeah. <laughs> 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 hey, We're here this party's sick, but it'd be so much burr. better. Burr was here. <laughs> so actually, I think I probably do know how it started. So back in grade school, whatever. Uh, I was, heard, I've heard of it. I was really into like World War II, like like airplanes and like fighter planes. Oh, and man. The Memphis Bell, if you guys ever remember that. No, probably not. Heard really. of it. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. So, movie back mm-hmm. in the mm-hmm. whatever, early 90s. And uh, I was always going to different, uh, what do they call those? The air shows, EAA, yeah. Oshkosh air shows mm-hmm. and stuff. Yeah. And yeah. somehow somebody coined the name Brando Commando. And I, that was like, dude, that was like, oh, that's the, sick. That's great. That is definitely not shorter, but you need to use that entire phrase every single time. Is that your Instagram name or? Absolutely should be. Make that shirt happen, Ryan. For Workforce Brewing, please. (laughs) They're all going to buy one. So yeah, the commando. It's really just because he doesn't wear underwear. So when I first met you earlier, two hours ago, I wanted to say Brando, but I was like, I haven't earned that right yet. I'm going to wait to find out. Yeah. What do I say? So, oh, you, yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah, well, absolutely. it's crazy because when I was a kid, people called me Jaso Cameso. So, <laughs> you know what? Cheers in a, to that. In a world coming together right now. It's incredible. Jaso Cameso. Money. You know what? You're such an idiot. That's know, my, my new Instagram handle. I'll just call call Jaso Cameso. Cameso. Yeah. So, uh, we're here because you have so much in common with uh, you know, with us and, and the scene. I want to take it back to first like let's get to know you as a human being and then we'll get to everything else you've mentioned wisconsin a couple times now is that where you're from no originally from the northwest suburbs barrington area barrington is that uh like barrington's like what's up there got some cheddar right money you're chilling if you're from money. barrington yeah so born and raised there yeah that's pretty much it played uh played learned how to play uh disc golf in high school my uh, wife, uh, so my wife and I, we went to high school together. We're high school sweethearts. Oh, uh, Amanda. Jesus. Yeah. Shout out to Amanda, right? Amando Commando. <laughs> and uh, Amanda Commando. The and, real uh, boss. <laughs> yeah. No, everybody combines our names and they just call us Bermanda. Oh, Bermanda. Oh, love, it. love it. The Bermanda oh, Triangle. I'm here all night, <laughs> folks. Yeah. Do you remember the first course you played at? The first. So I was going to say her brother, Doug. Uh, he was into disc golf when he was in high school, or I don't know if he learned when he, he's a little older, a couple, like three or four years older than us. He learned disc golf and he kind of passed that on to me of like, kind of teach me how to play whatever. Mm -hmm. So the first course I ever played would have had to have been either Buffalo Grove, Crystal Lake, maybe Shorewood, somewhere like right in that little kind of circle of, uh, courses out there. Yeah. 
Sure would, uh, yeah. I remember when Palatine went in, so it wasn't Palatine. Which, so did you, like, uh, fall in love with it right away, or, or was it just kind of yeah. like a, a passive thing? Or No, instantly I was, like, I was addicted to this it. This is my new sport. This yeah. is it for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, so that would have been, like, 2000, uh, two, probably 2000. I love how many people have had that experience. Yeah. The first time they finally play, and they're just like, this is what I do now. Yeah. This is my thing. It, you know, in high school, during lunch or whatever, we, we had a big Ultimate Frisbee, Ultimate group, right? So awesome. We, so we were already playing Ultimate all the time. So the crossover into disc golf was like instant. Yep. We, we weren't familiar with disc golf, but then all of a sudden, like, kind of comes in. And we're like, what? What is this? So smooth transition. And I Easy. I dropped the ultimate side pretty quick because I fell in love with like it's that hard sport to not run. I fell in love with not having not to running. run. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yes, correct. Correct. Yeah. So uh yeah, that that's kind of like how I got into it. If you want to fast forward a little, went to uh Stevens Point, Wisconsin for UWSP for the first year and a half of college. What year did you graduate high school? Two thousand one. Same age. Two thousand one. Mm-hmm. So then uh, when I was up at Point, started playing. Uh, God, what's the course up there? Al, Al, or, uh, Yul- Olga, Yolga, Olga, Yolga, right? Yolga, Yolga. Yolga. Yep. There's a fun few course. Courses. Yeah, Tines. Totally. Yeah, it's crazy. Ooh, yes. So there was a gentleman up there. Oh God, you guys are going to know these names, maybe Randy. No, I know Randy. Uh, there is a definitely a Mike Cousins. Many Mike Cousins, Randy is a, definitely a name. Oh, we've sure. Heard. So uh, Randy, Jim Clem would know Randy as well. Jim Clem would Randy definitely know Randy. had a mm-hmm. disc golf store in his garage uh, in Stevens Point. Mm-hmm. That was my first time. Like, I'd, I'd bought discs at whatever, play it again or. Yeah, wherever you can. Yeah. Galleons or whatever back in the day. That now, that Home now Depot, Menards. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Who said that? Beach. Beach. Yeah. 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 Uh-huh. <laughs> I'll bring it up every opportunity I can. Continue, Beto. It's uh, <laughs> all good. But we met, we were playing some leagues or something like that up at Yolga. Got to know Randy a little bit, and uh, he uh, invited a couple of us over to kind of because we wanted to buy discs. He's like, When well, you want to buy discs? Opens up his garage, and it's like thousands of discs, you know, and all sorts Coolest of tournament stamps. Oh, stamps. Yeah. I was like, What the hell is this? Just bought some stuff. Next thing you know, he's friends with Barry Schultz at the time, who mm-hmm. was kicking ass. So we'd be out playing Yelga, and Barry's out there throwing, like, with us and behind us. It was just like, it, that was my first time ever watching a pro throw. And it, like, changes your world. Floored me yeah. what he would do on these courses that we were, you know, getting. Yelga's not easy. No. Mm. You know, we're, you know, getting a six, seven, seven, you know, throws in. He's like, whew, lays it up next to the basket. And you're like, how the Michael, this yeah. guy, do it yeah. right. So that what was, am I doing wrong? I love that <laughs> right. moment where you and your friends are all competitive. The best right. of you is the is, hierarchy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And then you see somebody who shows all of you. Oh, all of us shit. are doing. And your necks just snap to the good homie, and you're like, you wait, shit, dog. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't even respect or like you anymore. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> so that that was like that whole first started to like see what a pro could do. That was my eye opening disc golf experience. Right. I mean, that's a. Hell of a person to, you know, to see right out of the gate. Yeah. It was cool. And, it, and especially at that time, too, I didn't know that there was a professional side to disc golf, really. I mean, right. it was just a hobby that we all went out and freaking threw discs in the forest. After Stevens Point, I came home. I was I went back to Harper College in Palatine kind of to get my feedback on the ground, yeah. per se. And uh, that's where I've always had an entrepreneurial spirit. And so I decided, you know, hey, there was nowhere around Chicago like I saw, like Randy's Garage at that time. 
I'm gonna break into Randy's I'm, garage and I'm steal, all his, in, steal <laughs> all his discs. Steal all his discs and sell them in Chicago. Right. <laughs> no, so I reached out to Discraft and Innova Gateway at the time. Uh, trying to think of who else. A few, you know, there weren't a lot of companies around. I mean, there still it's, aren't, but there was even less then. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. I set up accounts, borrowed just a little bit of money, and uh, I think it was like four or five thousand bucks. You know. From, uh, just disc golf rich scram, <laughs> scramble some stuff money. today yeah. yeah wait four or five grand why didn't you just retire right there should have <laughs> should have yeah. uh, so yeah I just ordered discs and uh, started a small web company called flippingdiscs.com and uh, sold sold basically out of my my parents house for a little bit until I went to school down at Southern that's where I finished up Southern Illinois SIU and uh, what, what time frame are we in right now that's like 2000 Three. So the internet's only been around for yeah. like five ten, minutes, ten years, yeah. right? <laughs> so, so flipping discs. This is like is CE plastic era with Innova. Oh, yeah. like, I can't imagine what he was ordering. Like you were ordering CE discs as stock. I had boxes and boxes and boxes of CE discs. Yes. The value uh, that I wish, I wish selling I had, them for like yeah. fifteen bucks a pop, oh, dude. God, ten, twelve bucks probably. Uh, Yep. Wow. Uh, but everything was prototype back then. Like all the, you know, I ordered boxes of my favorite at the time was Proto Valks. I loved those yeah. like bar stamped Proto Valks. That was my, my like disc of choice to throw, you know, those CE Firebirds, CE Eagles. Those were nothing Ooh, like a CE Firebird. Give me a CE Eagle. Yeah. Yeah. How would right? you know though? There's no way to know. Right. Back then, no. You, know, I, you just yeah, knew just, that the disc just, turned a certain way, yeah. and you could whap it into like 50,000 trees, and it's still through the exact right. same way you wanted. It right. wasn't DX. It wasn't Correct. DX. <laughs> Correct. They had yeah. ProLine then, too. Yeah. So that was the three. There was only the three, DX, ProLine, and CE. I, I'm kind of fascinated right now by setting up a website at that time because that really seems pretty ahead of the curve for that time. So part of that first like loan that I took out, I spent 800 or 900 bucks on a website to have a guy wow. make a uh, e-commerce website. That website ran for about a year and a half. And one day all the sales, I was actually, I was selling discs and shipping them all over the country, you know, it was pretty cool. And then the sales stopped and I was like, man, what the hell happened? What typed flippingdiscs.com page not found four or four error, whatever it's gone. So reached out to the developer. What's going on? There's no calls back. Guys ghosted. So we tracked down. God, I got to remember. So we used GoDaddy. GoDaddy was around back then. They had our yeah. hosting. It oh, was yeah. something like that. <clears throat> Danica Patrick commercials. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. so we got to who held the server at GoDaddy. Some, some contact there. We brought up our what is going on. Where is our site? They informed us that. This guy who had bought all the server space through GoDaddy stopped paying his bills. We're not the only website this has happened to. Tons oh, of all, basically all the websites he's built have gone down. He holds the rights to all the original files, right? As a web developer, sure. Wow, he's gone MIA. All these people lost their websites, including me. So that sucked. So it took us out of business overnight. Holy cow! At this point, I'm like, you know, 20 years old. I don't know what I'm doing. So. Yeah, what did you do? So I don't he know. He said, "Fuck it, I'll make a beer." Exactly. Yeah. No. <laughs> Switch gears. No, we did something like. Wait, wait, has this guy ever been? No, we lost everything. Never touched base no, with him again. That was it. That was the end of it. To this day, you don't know what what he's up no, to. No, it's gone. I don't know. He's gone. Did so, you ever get down with like the out of the trunk hustle, or was it always online for you? It's funny that you bring that up. 
<laughs> All right, so I'm a deadhead, fish head. I love hippie music. So 2001, 2002, 2003, I started going to uh, fish shows, and I would pop the trunk of my car. and I Sell would acid. Hustle. Every hit of acid, you get a free disc. <laughs> there was a lot of trades. <laughs> yeah. <that happened>. <laughs> so they, Nugs uh, for discs, bro. Nugs <laughs> for discs. Crickets. So, yeah, I was hustling discs out of the back of a car. So uh, we were going to Bonnaroo festivals and things like that. And at this time, I was really getting into homebrewing. So I was brewing a lot, too. So I also i am a very big hobby hobbyist, right? And another hobby, I started seeing a guy out at the courses whose name was Dr. Die. I don't even know if that guy's around anymore. There's only one doctor we talk about on this show. Yeah. It's Michael, Michael. Michael. Leo Borowski. <laughs> it's <laughs> the doctor. Yeah. So this guy was known as Dr. Die. He would always show up at Round Lake... Crystal Lake, all those tournaments up there. You'd see him occasionally down at Gary's stuff in Joliet. Uh, we play some of those. And he had a pattern of dye that he would do where he would infuse, basically take the color wheel, you know, where like uh, yellow and blue make green, whatever. So mm-hmm. he would do intricate designs that as you spun the disc on your finger, the colors would, you know, it was like hallucinogenic where colors would kind of pulse in and out the way that he would do his his geometric shapes, his very geometric dyes. Uh, it was just like, it looked like you were looking through a kaleidoscope. So awesome. that dude inspired me. So I started doing research, figuring out you could use acetone and writ and all this other mm-hmm. shit to, to dye discs. Guess what? I had thousands of discs. I started taking stamps off of discs, which probably looking back, I shouldn't have taken all those stamps off of <laughs> champion edition right. firebirds. Yeah. <laughs> and we started dyeing them. Uh, so I started practicing all that, uh, found a plastic worm lure company uh-huh. that dyes worms, started buying those dyes and experimenting with that at the time. Still huge in disc dyeing, worm dip. The worm, worm yep. dyes are? Yep. You were way ahead of the curve though. Yes, big time. So, cause I was a big fisherman too. So that's how I sure. figured out. Cause I had, I used to build lures and tie flies in my basement. So that I was like, I had all these catalogs for worm dyes. So I used to buy the worm dyes for other stuff and mm-hmm. figured out it would mm-hmm. dye ureth- urethane. When the website went down and I kind of went full bore into selling on like fish lots and whatever string cheese ban incident lots, I also figured out eBay at the time. So I started an eBay store, flipping discs transitioned into, hey, I don't have to recreate a website. Yeah. I can have a store on eBay, yep. list all my discs. And I also, people are like bidding my discs up. Right. I'm making more money. I moved into the custom market. So I wasn't doing as much volume, huh. but I was doing like more projects of art. Sure. And then it was kind of cool. I would see some of my discs get like resold and bought and sold on eBay. So that was like, that was Starting the moment when I was reputation. like, yeah. I made it. Mm-hmm. On this fifteen dollar disc that's selling on eBay, <laughs> maybe you've heard right? of me. Yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. It's, it's nice to reach the peak, boys. Yeah. yeah. So I started playing more tournaments back then too, and that's when I went down to Southern Illinois. Southern is a cool school where there were two courses on campus. One was a piece of shit, falling apart baskets. The other course was by the dorms, kind of well laid out, other than kids or people walking to class always coming through, but. There was no club, no nothing down there. There used to be back in the day, and as people graduate and move on, everything dies. Everything's right. waves in college, right? Mm-hmm. Right. So you get one person who does a lot of work, <clears throat> they graduate, and then it takes a time gone. before somebody else steps yeah. up. A lot of my friends that we made while we were down there, I started a store in the basement of my house uh, off of Hester Street 
called the Hester Street Disc Golf Store. So I had all these people on the course coming to my house to buy discs. So that was, as you're just chatting, having beers with these people, you're like, God, there's no leagues, no nothing. So I started up a club, started up leagues. What was the club called? It was like the Southern Illinois Disc Golf Club. It was nothing fancy. The Hester Street Disc Golf Club. Yeah. No, (laughs) I think we called it like the SIU Disc Golf Club. There's one of those, I think, at every college. Yeah. Yeah. I ran that for, I was only down there for like three years. So I pretty much had my hand in that for three years. And then when I left, I know somebody else took it over. Because I, I monitored on the like the PDGA website. There was a new president. I was like real excited. People took it over. And I I mean, now I'm out of it all, fully out of it. So I don't know if it ever kept up or what, what the status what is. What the club is, like, for God knows what's going on with that club. Don't know. I hope I hope it's still together. <clears throat> I know the course is there. look into that. And, and yeah. They, yeah, that'd be interesting. They put another if, course if in. If anybody uh, knows anybody who still you know goes to SIU, right. we'd love to hear from you. Just like let us Give know. Give us an update. If that club still exists, that'd be really cool. Come to on, hear. all you Sidges, get get back to us. Come on, my Sidges. <laughs> <laughs> this would have been 16 years ago, right? So it's been quite some time since that yeah. that all went. But through, it's so. like four you said, generations it's of, of college like, students have come and gone yeah. in that time. I, I just find it hard to believe that nobody would have kept it going. Right. Right. You know, every every year you're going to have at least a couple of people who are passionate. It's like the same they're doing. I know yeah. there's a few uh, CE Valks sitting in that pond right by hole four, uh, buried. They're, they're in there. I know yeah. it. I know it. 16 what? years of silt. So you, okay, so you were running $50 yeah. discs. Yeah. Yeah. You had, uh, you know, some adventures in disc dealing. You were starting to home brew. Yep. Was that something you, you were like passionate about or was it just like, hey, this is fun. We'll just kind of F around and see what happens or. No, I was, I mean, pretty passionate. I said I was going to these like music festivals selling discs. And yeah. the big one was Bonnaroo back in the time. Like when Bonnaroo hit, it was like all these artists and it was this huge, big fed. It was the Woodstock of our era. And so I used to brew and bottle like cases and cases. I mean, we're talking 20, 20, 30 cases of beer loaded up in the suburban. And we would all like party and go to Bonnaroo and I would bring hundreds and hundreds of discs to sell. And then I would share beer. I, I wouldn't sell any of the beer. Mm-hmm. But That's what I was just about to ask you. Was like, did, were, were there any any uh, rules that were being bent? Yeah. I'll, uh, you know, there were there was some bending. Uh, but bartering. No, you bartering. bartering. You were bartering. More, probably more yeah. than like bending. Yeah. <laughs> bending. But that's oh, how I got God, into, Jason. like, you know, you're at these music festivals and everybody <laughs> rolls up with their coolers and opens up and people are bringing beers. These music festivals, like Bonnaroo was in Tennessee, right? So na- outside of Nashville. So you had all walks of the U.S. coming here, and I, me being so into beer too, there was all these different beers that you could try from all over the U.S. There was like that whole aspect to me that was really engaging. But then on the other hand, I had all these really cool discs, so I would barter and trade and sell discs. That's partially what took me out of the disc golf game was that I probably bartered too much, and then you don't have the money to rebuy more right. discs right. Uh, right. to continue a business. Yeah, disc craft doesn't take weed. It's yeah. just <laughs> incredible. Right. Yeah. Maybe now they do. I don't know. No, yeah, they the could. Change. Yeah, right. It's California. Yeah. yeah. When yeah. you were – you so you were bringing – I'm guessing the beer was like, you know, you had to bottle the beer to bring it there. Yeah, right? we'd bring all bombers of – you know. Were you dealing with like naming the beers and putting labels on them, or like what are you presenting to strangers? No, back then it was just a brown bottle, like twenty-two ounce. Bar- and you're just like, bottle. hey, it's a beer, whatever. It's beer. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I tell them, yo, it's my double IPA, or it's my uh, my amber ale here, or my 
you know, chocolate ride. So and, there was no real branding or anything brought into. No. Not that, no. Okay. It was just me as a home brewer, just like sharing my beer. But one quick story was Bonnaroo at the time wouldn't allow you to bring any alcohol whatsoever because they wanted right. you to buy. Because they want you to buy their fourteen dollar beer. Yeah. On site. yeah. So we're standing in this long line. We're there for like you know, you get there ten hours early to wait in line to get in the gates. So gates guy comes to the window, says, "Need you to pop your trunk. I got to search your suburban." And I'm like, "Oh my god, I got twenty five cases of beer and all this <laughs> stuff to sell." Oh shit! So I walk around back. I. I open up. Hit the, him with a bottle. <laughs> yeah. Trip him. Uh, I, I'm Brando uh, Commando, bitch. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. But I open up open up the bed, you know, the tailgate of the Suburban. The guy looks in. He goes, holy shit. Shut it. Shut it. Close it. He goes, all right, I'm going to tell you how this is going to go down. You're going to go slowly. You're going to get back into your car seat. You're going to open up your wallet. You're going to grab all the cash out of your wallet. You're going to put it in my hand, and I'm going to let you through this gate. And I was like, oh, my God. I'm getting shaken down. Here we go. So... Guy walks around the one way I go, sit in the car. And I was like, man, I do not know what I'm going to do right now. Well, luckily, I spent all my money on discs and you beer. You had no money. <laughs> right. I opened my wallet. I had 10 bucks, a $10 bill. <laughs> and I hit, opened my wallet up to him. I take that $10 bill. But that guy was so mad. He's like, you got to be kidding. What else you got? What else you got? I was like, bro. I got 25 oh, cases beer. of beer. I got, no, I got <laughs> you want beer or a disc? He grabbed my $10 bill. He's like, get the hell through here. And we he let us into the gates. No and I, I got wow. in with all that beer. Shakedown Street, baby. If he was less of a shady dude, what was the worst case scenario in that moment? Just like you're not let in? Or is there legal repercussions? You know, I think when it's a concert venue, they're just going to be like, take all the beer out of your car. You're going to stack it right here at the entry gate. You can still get in, but like yeah. we're confiscating all your beer. So you got in and then probably made money from that beer, right? Uh, or, or was it, it was all, all bartered. bartered. It was all traded. Gotcha. It was, uh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Did, I'm, with you. I'm with wink, it. Wink, wink. We had, we had, a, we yeah. had a great, great time at the venue. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> so this was your, uh, your, your sort of evolving at this point. You're, you're, brewing in large quantities and like conducting transactions. How do we get from there to workforce brewing? Post-college, starting to try to figure out what am I going to do in life? Everybody's in the same boat. You finish yeah. college. If you attend college, you get this degree. You're like, what the hell am I going to do? What did you major in? Uh, university studies. What does university studies mean? Exactly. Well, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not even joking. What does that mean? <laughs> uh, nothing. It means I got a Bachelor of Arts. So okay. I was actually studying classical guitar in college, realized really Really fast. Uh, there's no living to ever make as a classical guitar major. What are you going to do? With trying life? to think. Yeah. yeah. So I got out of the program. Guitar, that's it. Yeah. Right. I'd already been in college for over five, you know, five years, and I went to the counselor or whatever. And she's like, you know what? You got. You've done all these different weird classes. We can get you out of here in six months. And I was like, with what? University studies, get yeah. me out of here. Sign me up for that. My parents will buy that. Let's yeah. do it. There's a lot of bass fishing I could be doing on the lakes down here. Get me the hell out of this college. <laughs> right. So why didn't you major in bass fishing? Trust me, bro. If it was a major, I would have done it. <laughs> I almost went to school for bowling. I, know I wanted to be a professional wow. bowler. Yeah. Yeah. I was looking into bowling for a minute. And there's a couple schools out there like that offer professional mm-hmm. bowling programs. Uh, but then I discovered disc golf, and I forgot all about bowling. So, solid life choice. Yeah. Like here, we bowling. here we are. Yeah. Here we are. So yeah, got got out of college, came home, kind of you know still playing disc golf a lot, but the store at this point was pretty much done. Right, like got out of college, still had a lot of bids of discs, but I just like was the eBay thing was still kind of going on in the background. The eBay or? thing uh, died down. You know, eBay as it grew, it was start. They were raising fees and all this. It was just like wasn't what it used to be. So, and I kind of did realize too at that point that my disc golf career had pretty much. You know, whatever I had 
started to work on was pretty much coming to an end because, hey, you graduated college. Guys, you, you got to find a real job. You got to try to figure out life. Shit or get off yeah. the pot. Shit or yeah. get off the pot. I've been yep. doing the disc golf thing for, at that point, seven seven years. Mm-hmm. At that point, worked a couple corporate jobs, Office Max, corporate headquarters, got in and out of that, worked at a winery uh, for about a year because hmm. I was into homebrewing so much, got a position there. You know, didn't really, I wasn't passionate about wine. Wasn't my thing. Went back into Office Max's headquarters. From there, I went into corporate real estate. It was just kind of bounced around with a few things. So I was a corporate real estate broker for about five or six years. Hit the recession of, I got into corporate real estate in 2006. Perfect. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Choice. You guys Great know right where time. this is going. Yeah. <laughs> so I've seen the big short. Thank you. Yeah. 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 Uh, you know, between uh, end of 2007 through, it was like October 2008 was what really like I think the lowest point it sucked I was broke my company was paying me a draw like a really bare budget salary yeah. I mean like minimum wage style salary <clears throat> that right I had to repay them so like any deal I scraped together during this recession the commission check went back to them so wow. it was really really tough we came out of that so now we're talking about like 2011 uh economy was picking up started getting a few more deals under my belt in corporate real estate ended up a couple principals in the firm really helped bring me in on a deal we sold a huge manufacturing building in Bolingbrook and that paycheck was really good that's that, what I was going to get to is that it can only you know it could be one or two mega deals yeah. and you're you're going to be chilling so that deal alone right there was like a six-figure paycheck which was Incredible. Wow. Never seen any money like that in my life. And then they're, then all of a sudden they're like, oh, yeah, but you still owe us this money for a draw. Oh, shit. Chopped. And they're like, oh, yeah, guess what? You owe taxes. Ha, yeah. Chopped. Mm-hmm. So next thing you know, I walked away at the end of the day with about 40 grand. So that's a lot of money. Yep. But if you think about that, for the last six years of my life in real estate, five five years of my life in real estate, I literally made no money, right? Yeah, I guess you're taking that 40 grand and divvying it out and saying, so I made what? like I made like $2.50 an hour for the last like, <laughs> like five years of my life. <laughs> Seven grand a year yeah. or something? Yeah. Oh, my God. So brutal. Uh, my wife at the time... I, we were, I'm trying to think. Uh, we were married by then. Uh, she's a really successful wedding photographer. So she really pretty much was supporting us in everything. Like all my bills, helping me out through real estate. Beautiful. You know, she, she was a big part of all that. So when I got that chunk of money, I was like, man, I can't keep doing this. I can't keep riding this roller coaster. I don't know if the economy is going to go back down. Yeah. I've worked my ass off for this. We paid off our taxes, paid off some bills. So I had this chunk of change left. I said, I got to do something that I love. So I'd had it with the corporate world. I did never want to work for a corporate entity again. Yeah. So the original concept of what we were going to start was called Brando's House of Awesomeness. I was going to sell skis. Brando's House of Awesomeness. This is a dead, honest, true story. Skis and snowboards, (laughs) fishing tackle, disc golf supplies, and homebrewing equipment. And it was going to be this, like a Walgreens that you walk into, and it is just everything that I've ever done in my life as a hobby. Amanda sat me down. (laughs) (laughs) Said, you're an idiot. Skis? Michael, Michael. Yeah. (laughs) Got to pick one. Chicago. She's like, sit down, Commando. We need to (laughs) talk. I love you. I love I like this passion, idea. Yeah. I love the, like these are things you're yeah. passionate about. So it's like you know what? This is everything I care about. I'm going to make this work. That and- sounds cool enough. To, and I'm going to tell you right now, it's not too late. Let's <laughs> go. Trust me, I know. Let's go. <laughs> I'm fascinated by that. Yeah. So so Brando's House of Awesomeness never actually happened. She said, "Look, you got to pick something and run with it and put your full all in." 
to it. Now, you know, which she's not wrong. Like that's no, that was if you're too great, diversified, right? Great advice. <laughs> so I said, God, I'm so passionate about home brewing. You know, I'd already done the disc golf thing, stumbled around in corporate jobs. Let's pursue. I'm gonna, I'm gonna start this company. So we. I, 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 I got to stop you because yeah. I don't home brewing and craft beer is not something that I'm very educated on at all. It's it's pretty like I, I'm just aware that it's exists and that it's dope and that you can make a living doing this if you're really good and passionate but i don't really have a frame of reference so at that time what was the craft brewing sort of identity and community like did you know of lots of other brewers who were like making it or were you like i'm gonna be the exception to the rule can you just tell me about like what you yeah. had seen around you at that time that would be 2011 if you think back to what i had just experienced in like 2000 two three four five six was going to all these festivals and shows drinking all these you know, crazy craft beers. People are rolling in from Colorado, California, the East Coast, New York City. You know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen a beer with pace picante. <laughs> Grab a rope. So, so I, I was already really, really into trying to find all these new flavors. That what a double IPA with this hop and that hop. I've never heard of this, man. That's part of being a home brewer back in that day too. I got so passionate about home brewing because I wanted to recreate those beers. And I was like, man, I tried this one. Holy cow. It blew my mind. I got to figure out how to produce this. Now you bring it up to 2011 when I wanted to start a homebrew shop. That's part of where that culture part of me was like, oh, I've had all this flavor and sensory like overload for the last eight years. I want to bring this forward and uh, like, I know people want to, I was part of ho- some homebrew clubs I was getting into just like disc golf, disc golf clubs. There's homebrewing clubs. Yeah. Started meeting all these people. And I was like, God, there's nowhere to get these ingredients that I want to make these beers. There was a couple homebrew shops in Chicago, but nothing like what I want, the vision I wanted of Brando's house of awesomeness. <laughs> all in man. All, everything. That is the best name. Mm. Yeah. 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 Or anything ever. So wait, you're telling me that the first, we haven't talked about this at all yet, that the other part of Workforce Brewing is there's a store. Chicago Brew Works. So okay. that's what we started with was Chicago Brew Works. That was your first endeavor into. Directly behind us. Yep. Directly yeah. behind us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, through, through the wall. Through the wall. Through the wall. Yes. So you, the, the 40 grand that you, you had from that one deal gave you what you needed to get that started or was there more, like, did you have to go get more money or? So that's what started not even at this location. That was north of Plainfield. There's a Biddy's liquor store. We were behind that uh, industrial park. Uh, that 40 grand was spent on point of sale stuff. My build out of like table. I, I did everything, all the contract. I did everything myself, mm-hmm. uh, shelving inventory that gets spent really fast, right? Sure. Yeah. It, it, like. Really, really fast. It's interesting because uh, if you have no experience with running a business, you think forty grand, dude. Yeah. I could do anything with forty grand. I could be the and next then, Amazon with right. forty grand. <laughs> and then you make like three purchases, and you're like gone. Shit, and it's gone. Yeah. yeah, yeah. To to scale, like to run our company today, that forty grand is about two weeks of running our company mm-hmm. and expenses. So sure. just wow. like to wrap your head around that. That's you're talking um, uh, salaries. You're talking uh, electricity. Uh, uh, rent. Rent. Insurance. Nobody calculates how expensive insurance gets. You know, like you're talking about for your employees and for just the the business insurance just to exist. Workers' comp, liability, liquor liability, also dram shop, like all these layers of things. Liquor licenses, annual licensing. So I started this little store. It was just me and I hired a couple of my buddies. We were working there, and I don't know how much time you want on this podcast. I could 
wrap up or this story could go on for about eight hours. But <laughs> no, not eight hours. But uh, <laughs> so kind of to give you the quick version of what transpired, I was a passionate guy, not making any money, trying to figure out business 2.0, right? That was January 2012 is when we opened. Later that year, that was May, I got a certified letter given to me from the postmaster. I don't know if it was a sheriff or postmaster, served me a letter that I had violated some ordinances and I had to appear before a board at Will County and I had to be shut down immediately, cease and desist. Otherwise, they were going to retroactively fine me $500 a day from every day that I had been open. Wow. So as a young business person, you're like, ah, this isn't, oh, oh, they got the address wrong. This isn't mine, right? Yeah. Call the county up. They're, you're Brandon Wright. Yeah. They're like, oh, no, that's that letter's for you. You got to appear. We highly recommend you hire a lawyer. And I was like, what did I do wrong? Damn, that's so terrifying. It's crazy, dude. I thought I was losing everything. So the tenant before me had done a bunch of build-out, never pulled a single permit. Oh. I signed a lease and moved in. I just signed a lease on a place, right? Yeah. When I was inspected, they figured out that that place had never been built out or uh, had never permits had never been pulled to do all the work that needed, but it shouldn't be my problem. I'm just the guy signing the lease, right? Yeah. The landlord should be in trouble. Well, then I sold online through I had a web portion of my store, and then I had a physical store you could walk in and buy some homebrewing supplies. Yeah. In that industrial park, you cannot have a retail storefront style business so long as your retail supplements an industrial use, which mine should have been fine because my within that industrial park was at the time limestone brewing company buddies of ours so whenever they were in need i supplemented limestone as well as other breweries in chicago right on a kind of a wholesale basis we were supplementing them on the industrial side i had a small retail portion i was also running an online store which is also allowed within the park well they came at me that the retail component is not allowed, even though in the code it says that it can be allowed as long as you have the industrial use that supplements that. This is a long-winded answer. <laughs> so I love it. This is so, so deep, and yeah, I'm, in I'm love. like it's going on, yes. but I'm I could listen to this for hours. Yeah. So we hired an attorney. I pulled a Freedom of Information Act through the county to see the last fifteen zoning hearings. Who was the attorneys? And there was this one guy who was on like five or eight of the last fifteen as a representative of the defendant's side. That's the guy I need. He's got the most experience. Yeah. Turns out a friend of mine, Kevin Herbst, it was also his family attorney, which he also recommended. So I had like multiple angles of like, this is the guy to use. Yeah. Dick Kavanaugh. What a name. So, (laughs) so I call up, call up old Dick. I tell him my story and he's like, this is bullshit. Their county's coming down on a small bit. I'll tell you what. I'm going to represent you for free. We're going to see where this goes. And if it gets too big, we'll talk about it. But I, I'm i just tired of them screwing the little guy. And this guy awesome. freaking worked for free and represented me. Wow. So I meet him at the county. And he's just like you'd think. Older guy, leather briefcase, holding a cigar. I can't even make this shit up. Like, this is like, you're an angel. It's not real life. You're a character in every movie about courtrooms. This is, this is insane. Door swings open and it's this big freaking round U table. The head of every department of Will County is there to like question me. All right. I will admit that one thing that I had looking back on it wasn't right, but I didn't see the problem in it. As a home brewer, we all like to drink beer. I'm behind a freaking bitties. 
every time that, you know, the truck delivered a certain brand of beer I wanted, I watched that truck pull into its loading dock. We'd run over there and get beer. So all my buddies, the homebrew club and stuff, what did we do? Did we have beers in the shop? Absolutely. Hell yeah, you did. Yeah. Yeah. Crack, crack a couple beers. I had a kegerator in the corner that I had some of my homebrew on tap. Never sold a beer. Never ran it like a bar, anything like that. However, looking back on it, if you're in the beer business, even though I just sold supplies, wasn't brewing at the time like a professionally brewer, but when you're in the beer business, you've got a target on your back. And you got to play by all these sets of rules to make sure you don't cross any lines. So that was one of the lines that they really got pissed about was that you're running a bar out of this place while selling all these ingredients. I'm like, I'm not running a freaking bar. Right. Check all my, I don't have a single dollar. I've never made a dollar off a of beer. Like I don't sell beer, but they got me on that. So it basically turned huh. into a huge slap on the wrist fest. You can never do this again. You have to turn your store into a pharmacy with a new counter that everyone has to place a web order online or some sort of a pre-made order and people can't walk around the shop to, <clears throat> to buy it and you have to fill their order over a counter. So no freaking joke. I had to get two computers, put them in the front kiosks and everyone that walked in, I turned my store into a freaking dispensary and you had to sit down at a computer, place a web order that I had to pull off the shelf and hand to you as if you were buying illegal narcotics out of my store. Wow. Mm. So that was crazy. Oh, nuts. So we did that for about a year. And I finally said to the county, I can't keep doing this. And at that time, the building that we're in now, investor bought it, was fixing it up. We heard about it. We looked at the space. And that's where the homebrew shop is today. That was our first. We have like three big spots in this building now. We no big deal. Up, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No big deal. Throwing so, that weight around. But go ahead. So we wanted to move. So the landlord at the time of my first location, he's like, you went through all this shit with the county. We get it. I'll tear up your lease. You can move. So I'm actively negotiating and ready to, I think I even had signed the lease already on this place. A sheriff hands me a certified letter at the old location. I'm like, oh my God, what now? The building that I'm currently in has gone into foreclosure. I'm no longer allowed to talk to the original landlord and everything has to go through a receiver in a bank. So I call up the receiver in the bank and I lay out my story and I said, guys, I'm getting out of this lease because of all this problems that's happened. The bank said, we got to get back to you on this. A couple days go by. Hear back. Well, we're sorry. That's a legal bound agreement. You cannot break this lease. You have to fill out the rest of the three years of your term. No, you don't understand. The county has told me I have to like leave and vacate this facility. So the bank pushed back really hard. So I started reviewing the lease one night going, man, there's got to be something. In the lease, the use of the property for my tenancy was retail distribution and beverage business. What's that first word? Retail. Right. So I showed them the signed affidavit that the county made me sign that said, you absolutely cannot conduct retail business at this location. And I showed them the lease that a former landlord had signed who lost it to the bank. When it's lost, it goes into receivership. Who has to maintain and fulfill all duties of a legal binding (laughs) and executed document? Right. The bank and that receiver. They said, huh, you're right. Checkmate, bitch. 30-day notice, you can get out of this lease. Wow. So we had signed it, started build out, got out of the lease in 30 days. We moved over here. The rest is history. Just a series of incredible events. It was wild. Dude, it was a wild ride. The thing that I can't stop thinking about is from the moment I walked into this building, actually before I walked in, outside, I smelled the campfire. I saw the lights. 
And I was just like, this place is awesome. Vibing. Is right. he selling yep. skis and snowboards in here? <laughs> no, what's Somebody, going on? Somebody really gives a shit around no, here. Yeah. That's we, that's we, exactly beers. what Sean said was <clears throat> somebody gives a shit around here. And this place, and as soon as I walked inside, I was like, yeah, this is a labor of love. This didn't happen by accident. This is disc golf money. That's what this is. <laughs> no. and, you and, are correct. <laughs> and now that I hear all the red tape and, and all the things you had to jump through for this to exist today, it just goes to show it couldn't have happened without grit. So many people in your in those same circumstances would have just thrown the towel in Folded. and been like, "Sure, yeah, Michael, oh, this man, I'm out. Like, right. I can't. I'm not going to keep doing this forever." And and to hear your story now, I'm like, it's it's exactly what I envisioned. Like tons of work and passion and and fighting and and fear that you might get shut down and like sleepless nights. I'm sure 99% of people don't have what it takes to go through all those things to come out on the other end and have this to look at. It's an important topic because, you know, Sean brought this up before we even, you know, got here that, you know, small business, it's a tough time right now for small businesses. And it's an important thing for people to be aware of. What does it really take for a small business to succeed? It's not for the faint of heart, man. Sean, can you talk yeah. about... So what you've got going on is is like super large scale from compared... Like your story is different, but I can relate to a lot of it and uh you're like a hero to me like we're doing it at the same time but i'm watching you do all of this stuff it's just incredible and it is like you said it's just a super weird time you know you've got all these other things stacked up against you and uh everybody has their own hurdles but like yeah never in the course of history has there been amazon and all these other like mega corporations like where it seems like it's going in one direction And we're doing other very small things for smaller communities. It's it's just incredible. I love it. It's it inspires me to continue doing what I'm doing on the level that I'm doing it. And it's uh, and, sure. and yeah, people just need to understand what does it take for something like this to exist, and why is it worth supporting this? Why is it worth supporting a Delwood Disc Golf Shop? Why is it worth supporting yeah, a homebrew right. shop? You know, uh, somebody's poured their heart and soul into making this, mm-hmm. and what what they're giving to people, the experiences, you know, the quality of the products that you know, all the service, everything that that you're getting from these small business owners, like some of the most important things you can get, you know, in this human experience. Right. Do you really want to reduce your identity to being? This consumer of some right. mega corporation that's just making the authenticity of coming in here and knowing that like the dude who started this all is behind the counter and he's like clearly takes care of his employees and yeah. gives a shit about the product that he's producing and yeah. it's not TGI Fridays pumping out the next order and yeah. you know yeah. like but it's not the bottom dollar that matters right it's like right. it's giving people something that you know has heart and soul in it well as someone that is just. I mean, I'm on the lowest end of that scale, but I am starting to think about, okay, I need a space. I need I need to, to make this jump. You've absolutely terrified me that I'm now going yeah. to get a certified letter. So thank run. you for that. Yeah, run, run. and it's you run by away. a sheriff. <laughs> I'll tell you, it's interesting though, like plug that we use Ryan for our screen prank. Don't Don't plug him, please. Shut so, it. Yeah. But, you know, it's, it's something away, like please. that, like that we're excited to utilize people within our community too. small. We still feel that we're small in the brewing industry we we are definitely very, a very small brewery but we know like where we've come over the last decade it's h- hard for us not to lose perspective on a day-to-day operation like because i still feel that i'm small but then i hear you know like you know when you guys talk to of like 
well, what I've gone through already, and I'll never forget that because of how crazy it was, but it's just like, it is hard to always stay grounded. And I have to admit, like, see what Sean does and, and all you guys on the tournament side and like with Thor and Leo and everybody. And I always find inspiration, like, even though I don't really participate much in the disc golf side anymore from a playing standpoint, but like watching how you guys run tournaments and kick ass with tournaments and me following that on the Joliet disc golf page, like, I follow that thing like a hawk on Facebook. Hell yeah, dude. Even though I don't really do anything with it because I get so inspired. But you do. For me. Workforce supports and sponsors a lot in the disc golf community. Yeah, you're like a proud uncle. Yeah, (laughs) we we do. It's just like always going to have a part of my heart, right, for disc golf. So like Mm -hmm. uh, when I first met, I don't even know who put me in touch with Thor. Was it you that put me in touch with Thor? I don't I even think know how so. that came uh, about. Yeah, it was just kind of like, I think you had come up maybe in conversation of like, who could we talk to about talking about sponsorship and linking up, just bringing all these ideas together and making them much better because of everybody involved. And, and it, it really just stemmed from that idea. And then you sponsored the course and sponsored yeah. the event and Workforce Brewing happened. And now we're in year three of that. It's like, holy shit. Honestly, I don't have much to do with the Workforce Brewing personally like the event because you guys kick ass and you you do it all so like how that all kind of came about was trinity wanted us uh help with a sponsor for maintenance lawnmower. i mean there's so much money and work that goes into maintaining a course and with that, no one even hot button topic in know, the community currently no one if even you, if it you can you, fathom no, how yes. much money it takes no, yeah yes. right. I'm, I'm not aware of the stuff going on in the community but like mm-hmm. i know how hard I've been there. I see how hard, how much gas they buy mowing the lawns and like basket fixing and cleaning up graffiti and new signs. And like, I, I get it all. So there's no question. I make a donation every year to Thor and Leo and those guys that go straight into maintaining th- that course. So to me, that's, that was like an a- instant no brainer. And I, I physically go out there and I see it. I think, I think what was cool was that how the concept of the workforce opened kind of was rounded into that and like dude it just like melted my heart when we've got a tournament named after us now this is like it's insane it's, well, it's so yeah. cool yeah. to yeah. us so that was definitely one of my proudest moments yeah it's the least uh, that we could was do was 2019 when we did the pop-up course at oh in plainfield yeah in plainfield Settlers park yeah and you were there and we had the stamp disc and i took a photo of you i just recently because i go through my photos all the time and i scroll back and i saw it and i was like the smile on yeah. your face was beyond oh ear yeah to it was ear. awesome seeing you there and, and the beer so or whatever great. i just spilled like down the front of my <laughs> whole shirt yeah <laughs> We could end up being here for seven, eight hours. Easily. Yeah. yeah. But I, what I want—I got more stories. Whatever you guys want. <laughs> this is going to have to happen again because yeah. I need yeah. to hear more stories. But before we put a bow on this, I want to highlight how much you're doing for the disc golf community and for the disc golfers who play in the, the Workforce Brewing Open and, and who play at Trinity and who are re- feeling the the benefits and the love that you know you're pouring into the disc golf community. I hope they just get a a little glimmer of how important that stuff is and like come to workforce, right? Return that love. Like it's, it's all come. It all comes from a place of passion and love and like sponsorship and and money being put into events gets tossed around very lightly. I think that we do a pretty solid job, but it really, you know, every, it's a great point, Alex. Like we need to really get people to understand that when guys like Brando are going, here you go, Trinity, here's, you know, $3,000 to keep going through the rest of the year. Yeah. 
And here you go, event, like here's all this money that it's not about expectation, but understand that it's all love and giving back to the community. Yeah. And to come here, it's the least that you could do is come here because yeah. well, and it comes down to the this. value of just coming to this place and, and seeing all this culture and all yeah. of this really cool shit happening is yeah. like, it comes and down buy to a this. couple of beers. You're going to buy beer and drink beer anyway. Right. Just like you were saying, you use me for screen printing. You could go to customink.com and use it, but you right. guys lean on me a little bit when you need stuff, and I totally appreciate that. People need to do that too. Hey, we're going to go grab a 12-pack of Schlitz. No, 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 no. Stop over at Workforce and grab a couple of these four-packs because they're right. amazing, and yeah. that it was, just you makes know, sense. We came up with the idea for the disc swaps, and we did – how many times have we done – we did that twice. Two, twice, two times in 2019, yeah. one in the beginning of the year, like yep. March, and then one around October, November. Yep. I remember Brandon's – probably going to let us do whatever we want and sure as shit we came here and we were like moving his brewing equipment i'm like this fucking dude (laughs) is never gonna want us like (laughs) want us back again and i mean what awesome events those turned out to be and what a perfect way to bring everything together but getting together and culture and yeah Talking about all this stuff makes me miss it so much more after last year. Yeah, like, I, yeah. I can't wait until we can Boy. go, Brando, we're going to have it's another time. disc swap Dude. and we don't have to worry about anything and let's get together and let's just talk Frisbees for eight hours and drink beers and yeah. have a ton of fun Yeah, because that's what we do here. And make you put away all your 01 rocks that you were going to sell for 10 bucks on the yeah. table. Who yeah. did I? I sold one to a guy. I don't have any seller's remorse over it, but uh, who told me? Was it? You or Thor? Somebody? He came up and I sold him the disc, I think, for like 50 bucks. And I was like, hey, man, I made a sweet deal. <laughs> and then somebody else said, I think it was Thor, came back and was like, did you just sell that disc for 50 bucks? And I was like, yeah, why? And he's like, dude, that's like a $140 disc or something. And I was right. like, huh? Yeah. I was like, ah, <laughs> Hold on, man. come back, come back. No, I actually used, I think I used the money from that. So it was fine. It worked out in the end. But uh, somebody had, uh, not a higher flyer, but it was the one with the uh, the freaking bowl in the middle of the ultimate disc that the oh, yeah. original, oh. had the original screen. What's the, uh, the Busby? Busby, yeah. yeah it was yeah, the yeah, 70s yeah. Busby. And yeah. I looked at that and I was like, man, that's, I, uh, I'll sell my discs for whatever. I want that. <laughs> that's what I was more interested in was like yeah, sure. trying to get some vintage stuff, something yeah. cool, a little yeah. part of history. But uh, but yeah, the disc swap, I want to bring it back as soon as we can. It was awesome. Yeah, so fun. Great time. Uh, to, to put a cap on all this, I want to bring it right back to mental health. You were talking about it earlier. I think when you support small businesses, you know, your, your hard-earned dollars are going to support someone's passion. Yeah. That's some of the most human right. connecting. You're breaking through the matrix when you connect with people. Yeah. And, and also like commerce. you're making an investment. Yes, right. like it's an investment on in the people that are doing this and right. in the businesses and in yourself because it all comes back around. So if, if like you it love, only makes sense. It is if the you fuel love of these life. things, support it. Yeah. Like yeah. Yeah. every time you uh you choose to go with the cheapest option and, and I get it. In disc golf, no one's rich. No one's no one's living Speak for you know, yourself. Like a fat cat. <laughs> and so you know, every dollar matters, but think about what you get for those dollars when you give it to a small business. It's not just the product. It's knowing yeah. that you're supporting your your community, your fellow right. you know, humans, and you're you're helping to build connections that that genuinely take care of people. And that's where I think we can start to really make improvements in mental health. It's those human connections we can have to each other. Yeah, you know, when you're just a consumer throwing money at some CEO right. to give you the cheapest option on something, the the cost in the long run is more than money. It's 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 your soul. It's their soul. Yeah. It is. Yeah. I'm sorry, but it is. Yeah. Like, and yeah. then just leave it. Jason, yeah. you haven't said anything in too long. Mm. Let's get into the mailbag. 
Sure, you want to do that? Mail time. Mail time. Mail time. Mail time. We sounded like a Michael Barbershop Quartet. Just <laughs> Michael. We did. That yeah. was so. I don't even know what I'm that doing. That was our best I, one. <laughs> Uh, and I was, I was something magical is happening. Yeah, yeah, I can feel it. The magic's in the air. It's the uh, barrels. Let me see the it. barrels. So I'm so glad this didn't come up because I was worried that this question was going to come up earlier and we weren't going to be able to approach it when we got to the mailbag session. So I'm going to lead us with the obvious question of the night. It was provided to us by Joe Moore. He wants to know why Jose is it Mas. called Workforce Brewing? All uh, right. So it's actually kind of cool. So Chicago Brew Works was the first homebrew shop, right? That's what we opened with. I have some German heritage. My wife's got some German heritage. I'm kind of like a Heinz 57 anyway. I got all sorts of heritage. <laughs> I don't even know it all. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> but so we spelled it W-E-R-K-S, kind of like Verks, the, mm-hmm. the Verk side of you know so the like German Welcome heritage. in. Welcome. So when we started Chicago Brew Works, uh, we wanted to have some sort of kind of a loyalty program, uh, kind of to offer some discounts on people that are really – part of community our whole business was modeled around community a lot of we donated a ton of money back like every month to people in need not big organizations like there was a server in town who's you know house burned down we threw down a a rent payment for her to like get back into an apartment that was kind of like what our community driven uh, business was about so we we started membership of that called the workforce w-e-r-k-f-o-r-c-e so Mm -hmm. They got discounts on different things. We did an annual homebrew competition, and that was our driving force of community. These people were involved. They were part of what we were doing. Uh, when we first opened, we were real small. All the tips at the bar went to 100% went back into the community fund towards people injured in a car crash, That that you know things mm, like that. Mm. When we branched out and wanted to start the brewery, we originally we were just going to call it, well, Chicago Brew Works, the brewery. And we got advised by one attorney who said, you know, the word Chicago, you're not in Chicago. There's a few other breweries that have Chicago in the name. They can't sue you for using the name Chicago, but long story short. Don't do that. Don't, don't do it. Yeah. So we, all right, no, that makes sense. Yeah, we're, we're in Plainfield. We're not in Chicago. We kept having all these names that we wanted to kind of really evoke our cool names of to name a brewery. But we kept coming back. Workforce was one of them. We thought, man, these are all the people that were with us from the beginning, stuck with us. They're passionate. They're just as passionate about what they are to support us by being part of our membership drive and entering our competitions. That's what makes us is our community. Mm-hmm. Thus, workforce. workforce. It was either it was either awesome. workforce or Brando Commandos. Yeah, yeah. 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 awesome fun house. Awesome yeah. fun house of awesomeness. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, workforce's house of awesomeness. Yeah. That's okay. That's awesome though. That is awesome. It's, yeah, it's just acknowledging the people that have helped you uh, yeah. do what you guys have done. Yeah. So there, there's a, a part B to Joe's question, and unfortunately, Brando, you're excluded because we've done this dozens of times. But I'm gonna turn it over to you guys. Joe wants to know. Uh, if you could name a beer, what would you name it? Ooh, that's a great so, question. Alex, we'll start with you. If you could name a beer right now, just off the top of your head, what would you name a beer? No, Michael, no! <laughs> sure. Yeah, everyone's going to buy that beer. All right, moving on. Uh, Ryan, if you could name a beer. What I would, would probably call it something along the lines of barely beer because I am not a beer drinker. Although I've told Brandon this, I drink his beers because I like them for some reason. Although I don't like any other beer. Ooh. So I don't know what he's – he's probably putting some of that weed from Bonnaroo in there. I don't know what it Smell is. Smell you later. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it would probably have so much fruit and sour and bullshit in it that it barely classified as beer. Sure. So. Barely beer. All yeah. Right, Sean, do you have a name? So 
the bodies of water at Delwood Park, there was like Lake Delwood and then Lake uh, American Indian name that I am totally blanking on. And I have always loved that name, but I can't think of it. And I try to look it up and it's not there. Cool. Maybe I'll put it somewhere at some point. But <laughs> yeah. after that. Okay. Very cool. I think mine I would, would be Preckham. <laughs> Let's move on. God, oh, damn it. I don't, I'm not going to go after that. No. no, uh, no, no, hey, no, no. Before was, you move on to the next question, yeah. I wanted to talk about the, the community a little bit. You know, workforce is kind of uh, the people who helped support everything. Um, a lot of people probably don't know this, but there is actually a group on Facebook called the Unstable Alliance. If you – we've kept it relatively secret, but I'm like, this is an appropriate time to bring it up. The Unstable Alliance is basically a private group of people who have been – very supportive of Unstable Disc Golf gear uh, and the show. They're people who have basically embodied what we think the brands are all about. And they're people that, you know, they, they, they lend a hand whenever something is needed. Yeah, they're, they're supporting what we've been doing and, you know, they, they help give life to what we're doing. So what you're saying is when we open a brewery, it needs to be called the Unstable Alliance. Unstable Alliance. Yeah, okay. Or yeah. that could be the name of my beer. Oh, oh okay. I like, I like that. All right. I'll give it okay. that. Uh, I'll allow it. But yeah, if you guys are interested in becoming, I don't know, I don't even know how we really decide who's part of the Unstable Alliance, but I guess if you're interested, just drop us a DM. We'll think yeah. about it. Slide into those DMs. Yeah, you can slide in. Yeah. Speaking of sliding in, uh, Kyle Greenfield has, has a question for I love for this us. question. Mm-hmm. I saw this one. Uh, we obviously, we have, we talked about earlier, we have the beer named Don't Call It Frolf, right? He wants to know if there was a porn that was disc golf based. Oh, what would the title have of, mercy. What would the title <laughs> Of a disc golf porn be? I think that's a great question. Yeah, no, that's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ace of the Hole. <laughs> oh, very nice. <laughs> uh, right out of the you gate. Had, did we discuss this earlier and I forgot? That was perfect. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah, very nicely done. There's got to be something about a chain, a, a bang, banging chains. Banging, banging chains. That's a thing. Chain yeah. bang. That is banging. a thing. There yeah. is a company called Chain Bang. That's a thing. Yeah, there's something uh, there. All right. Yeah. I mean, I need like five minutes. I'm sure I'd come up with something gold, but off yeah. the top of my head, no. It's a, it's a great question, though. I need five minutes is a good name for a porn as well. <laughs> I, thought, I thought you were answering the question, yeah. and then I realized uh, I just needed five minutes. I, I hope that after people listen to this, they send us some great fill us in. What are we missing? Yeah. What are the yeah. great disc yeah, golf porn Let's names? turn it over to the You to guys the tell us. Yeah. What tell are we us. missing here? We, we only had a couple questions tonight. I'm going to end on, on this one. Uh, it's from Jake Thorns, a.k.a. Jackie T-Horns. Uh, he Just wants, saw him today. He wants to know, when are we going to get a brew named I Call It Balf? Since there's, don't call it Frolf. Balf is, uh, anytime well, we, somebody brings up golf, ball, 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 ball golf, we, rather than acknowledging Frolf, we want to call ball golf, ball golf. Yeah. So if you're into that, uh, yeah, you know, I'll get back to you. Uh, <laughs> I'll have my secretary yeah. get back to you. Yeah. Sorry, Jackie T. Horns. He's not loving the idea. Yeah. But it was a good question. Speaking of Jackie T. I'll Horns, have my people call your people. We found yeah. out the, that Jake's sister is a tattoo artist and the owner of the tattoo shop that she works at is down for us to record some stuff there and to get some, you know, the Kyle Greenfield Unstable Special. Discourse tattoo yeah. on his yeah. body, which mm. I've agreed. I, I would do the same thing. Yeah. Ryan said he would do the same thing. He was thing. in the shop asking me what I was going to get done, and I said, yeah. nothing. Michael, Michael. Kyle <laughs> Greenfield is the one that said he was going to do yeah. it. I'm not getting this logo tattooed. That's fine. Me. We'll, we'll uh, Whoever's down, yeah. you know, and uh, that's coming at some point. So keep an yeah. eye out. Cool. And thank you, Jake, for helping to make that happen. There yeah. was some uh, great questions there, though. Thank you yeah. guys for submitting those. Absolutely. Uh, we love seeing what you guys want to hear us talk about. So next time we post for next episode, don't be shy. 
send some, even if it's not a question, by the way, comments. We'll read comments, right? Yeah, absolutely. We're always doing questions. Uh, we can do some comments. Mailbag posts If you have something you just want to say and we like it. We'll bring it up. Yeah, dude. We will definitely it. talk about it mm-hmm. yeah. because that's what you do on a podcast. Mm-hmm. All right. That's a wrap on the mailbag. Jason, trivia challenge. So before we get to the trivia portion of that, I want to introduce a new segment. Ah, yeah. Yeah. This segment is called Sean Spotting. Sean Spotting. Yes. So if oh, you are a fan God. of the things that Sean Callahan does and you want to see more of him, there is an app that is available to smart TVs, smartphones. It's a streaming app. It's called Tubi. T-U-B-I. Oh, yeah. Tubi. Mm-hmm. Okay. I downloaded that. Uh, like right. Years. A lot of people have it it's gaining popularity right now. I don't know how many people know that this even exists, but Sean's episode of My Fair Brady is available oh, on Tubi right now to watch. God. What is My Fair Brady? <laughs> Shout out to Uncle Richie's in this downtown is, Lockport. This is such a great story. So back in the day, there was a reality TV show called My Fair Brady that oh, was yeah, I remember. Christopher Knight. Yeah, uh, AKA AKA Peter and Brady. that hot model from and Juliet. that hot model chick that he met on a different reality show, yeah. and then they ended up falling in love, getting married, etc. Yep. She's from Joliet. Yep. During the course of the first season, I want to say it's season one, episode seven. I actually watched it the other day. I that recall. sounds very specific. I think that's exactly. <laughs> I think what it's, it was. I think <laughs> season one, episode seven. I don't recall, she but it was brought, at two minutes and forty seconds. She brought. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> I don't have the details, but here are the details. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, she brought Christopher Knight to Joliet. Uh-huh. Oh, and, I remember this. And like yeah. showed him the local hangouts. So depressing. Which was Uncle Richie. Well, they came to Lockport after. They came to like, Lockport. Yeah. And, and her parents, her parents were like it was, bikers. Yes. And it was the episode Uncle Richie's where Christopher Knight was bar. meeting her parents for the yeah. first time. Sean and Sheila happened to be there the night. What? Well, we found out that they were going to be going there. Yeah, yeah. Quick backstory. Yeah. We found out that they were going to be going there, and Sheila and I were hanging out with our, I think our friend Kyle at the time, and it was like, well, do you want to go there? And it was like, I don't know. Like, there's going to be cameras, and like, what are we going to do? Uh, So we just went to Uncle Richie's and hung out, and sure as shit, they got there, and there was a camera crew, and there was a reality TV show being filmed inside this tiny biker bar in downtown Lockport known for its uh Bloody Mary. Bloody Mary, Mary. Jesus. Yeah. I uh, haven't yeah. been there in a little while. Uh but fantastic buddies. And also and, has uh, a speaking of porn. Yes. Has a vending machine or claw, claw machine, machine where you can like try to get porn and other what? fun porn sexy accessories. Bits, yeah. Uh, cool, out of a claw like machine. Porn. Uh so yeah, and then we were there and it was like everybody was kind of waiting in line to like meet Peter Brady. It was ridiculous. And I got up there, and the only thing I could think of was like, this is cool, no doubt. I need to call my mom and put my mom on the phone with Peter Brady. Even more backstory, our mom was obsessed with Christopher Knight when she was a yeah. child. Like, like, grew up watching had his Brady posters Bunch, up on the whole wall thing. Kind of oh, wow. and, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I gave Christopher Knight my cell phone, which was like a razor, probably. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like a, and, it's like a flip uh, phone. Yeah, yeah. So we can see My mom, my mom talked to Peter yeah. Brady. It was yeah, cool. Yeah. I wow. Mean, so it's included in like a montage. I had no segment. idea where he was going with all of this. I'm yeah. like, what? And yeah. now what we're a on the story. Yeah, okay, yeah. cool. Yeah. It's included in like a montage segment. It's you know the episode is not the Sean and Sheila episode, obviously, but <laughs> if you if you know them, they're in it and yeah. they're in it a bunch, and it's kind of, it's totally cool. So That's if cool. You, if you have Tubi, look up My Fair Brady. That is hysterical. I have not thought about that awesome. in some time. You can see you can see Sean looks like. What's the lead singer of Fall Out Boy? You look just like him. Oh, yeah. Pat, no, that hair, was like Pete, long uh, hair stage. Patrick Stump. Patrick Stump. Yes. Isn't that his name? Right. Yes. Yes. Lead yes. singer of yes. Fall Out Boy. Yep. He looks just I like him. I thought it was Pete Wentz. 
Pete Wentz. Yeah, that's, yeah, the, that's the other bass that's player. The, the bass player. But yeah, uh, looks just like anyway. him. And Sheila looks exactly the same, even though this is probably going back 15 years. I got a hot wife. At this point. You got yeah. a hot wife. That's awesome. Yeah, it's great stuff. So, how did we end up on this subject? No idea. Sean's I'm just spotting. It's the new segment. Sean's it's the new segment. Hey. Only be in Which will Sean's be spotting. in every episode No, forward. no, it's just a one-time segment. Yeah. So, okay. uh, enjoy it. Yeah, it was a good time. <laughs> when, when I saw it was on there, I freaked out. And I told Maddie, I was like, well, we're about to watch your uncle and your aunt on TV. And she was like, what? And it was oh hysterical. We had a great night laughing at that episode. So, now we're going to move on to the trivia portion of the night. And... The trivia portion of the night. You went high. I had to go low. We have talked about the dog bowl for two episodes in a row now. Indeed. Last episode, you mentioned the Callahan to run down. Uh, this week, you mentioned how you had to move it. And yep. it got me thinking. We've talked about our pets, but we've never really discussed our pets Ooh, on ah. the website. So, love tonight's trivia portion of the night is going to be, and I'm going to include you in this, Brando. I want to know the cumulative number of pets amongst the five of us. Now, we're going to, because the dog bowl got me thinking about it, we're only going to go cats and dogs. The odds of you being able to get it right are high. Correct. So, answer we're quickly. For, for total number of, of cats and dogs. Oh, I'm my say total number are of my pets. pets. <laughs> <laughs> but we we're, we're excluding fish and, you know, I don't want to know. Well, birds. We're excluding fish? But yeah, just cats and dogs. Cats so and dogs. just going cats and dogs, just to make it easier. Uh, total number of cats and dogs amongst uh, the five of us. Human gimp does not count? Does not count. Not, okay. not for tonight's trivia portion right. of the night, right. but you've alluded to what next week's now. is going Great. to be. So thanks Sweet. a lot, okay. Jack. No problem. Sorry. So that's tonight's trivia portion of the night. Uh, it is brought to you by Bag of Tricks, as always, but it is also brought to you by Perfect Putt 360. Now, Perfect Putt 360 is a putting practice app designed to mimic tournament type pressure in a game that makes putting practice fun. Download Perfect Putt 360 today in the App Store and Google Play. Hashtag every putt counts. And remember, whoever wins tonight's trivia portion of that is going to get Perfect Putt 360 for free on their smartphone. Hell yeah. Dope. I, I can't wait for you. And I don't, it, it, it's going to be okay that we do it later. It was but going to start you, tonight, but then this yes, was way more like, important. To be here at work as we get closer to better weather and more closer to the season, Mm -hmm. I can't wait for Jason to actually be playing disc golf. Yeah, even if it's on a smaller scale, right? I'll start with a smaller scale. Smaller, (laughs) I can't wait. It's going to be so awesome, and we'll get bigger from there. But that is tonight's. That is also what she said. Well, then that takes us to pinned it. Brought to you by discgolfpins.com. Discgolfpins.com. Come on, Nina. Pinned it is a segment where we talk about moments of the show that were just mwah, we just nailed perfect it. moments Pinned of this it. episode. A nice moment. It could be something that somebody completely Michael. fucked up. Uh, whatever you guys feel was a mwah, pinned it moment of this episode. Can I go first? Sean, please. Uh, every time we bring up men's health, I feel like we are truly reaching the brains of young men that listen to our podcast that are really evaluating their lives and how they're handling things. And I can't wait for us to talk about it more and how every situation, whether it's Dan Schlitter running a club or it's Brando uh, starting a brewery, that there are aspects of that that tie into everything that you do. And I'm so proud of us for talking about it. And I want more people to be more proud about talking about that stuff. It's awesome. Pinned it. I don't have a better one. No, that's awesome. You pinned it. Yeah. Booyah. I agree. I love that. I think uh, this barrel-aged sour pinned it for me. Pinned it. So I did taste that. Yeah. It is very good. It is great. I think just uh, being here, talking, having fun, 
in the evening, which normally I'm like exhausted from the day and I'm just like on my couch trying to quit it. I think I think that pinned it for me, man. I, just being in all your company means a lot. Thank you oh, for having me. We're getting real sweet here. Wow. Thank you, Brandon. Jason's crying right there. I, I just wasn't expecting to feel it sweet. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I came there, here to talk, not to feel. There's got to be moments that, yeah. that I'm overlooking, but this is there's been a lot. Uh, I want to say having Ryan Aquino and Lauren Lakeberg here to help yeah. capture this, the decision to bring them on board, pinned it. Pinned it. Uh, yeah. Yeah, man. Jason reached out to Lauren. Actually, Ryan is the one who reached out to us. So, Ryan, thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, having you guys here helped take this to another level. Pinned it. Cool. But what if we ask you guys to do it every time now, though? (laughs) (laughs) They're both laughing. They're both laughing. (laughs) Don't do that. (laughs) Thank you to DiscGolfPins.com for your support. Come check them out, guys. I will say that people have been asking about them at the show. Oh, good. Yeah. So not only can you pick up those pins. All hype is good hype. You can get your own custom pins made on their website. It's a super easy process. Mm -hmm. And uh, the quality of the pins, they, uh, they can't be beat. So if you have... If you have your own brand, your own logo, whatever, something you want to pin for, check out discgolfpins.com. So this is the part where we give you guys a preview of next episode. And uh, spoiler alert, we have no plan for next episode. But you know what? We always figure it out. Yep. Yep. Nothing's changed since last season. Yeah. We were going to come into the season way more prepared than last season. But we're always winging it. But but even even our winging it is pretty fucking solid. I mean, we were thinking like, let's have Brandon on and then we did it. And now we've peaked. What are we going to do? Yeah. Yeah. We'll get there. Thank you guys for listening. As always, uh, we appreciate you. Uh, thank you for participating in the mailbag and for sending us your comments and your DMs and all that stuff makes us love doing this so much more. I mean, yep. we, we love a lot about it, but having the interaction with you guys, that just takes it to another level. So thank you all. We love you. And if you don't already yet, follow us on Instagram at yeah. Unstable Discourse or follow the hashtag Unstable Discourse. Follow us, like us, subscribe, drop a review. Those We're, we're always going to ask you for reviews. That mm-hmm. goes a long way. Uh, whatever you guys can do to help us reach more people is awesome. So until next time, guys, keep it tight, and we will see you next time. See you. <laughs> Good night. And if you don't know, now you know. Listen to Unstable Discourse on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or right from Buzzsprout.com. And if you have the time, leave us a rating and review. It helps the podcast get to more listeners. Unstable Discourse is a top secret studio's production. Brando's House of Awesomeness.